0: Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor Aguero. Marler, you were right. Bo Nix is Auburn's starting quarterback. <laughs> gloat away, my friend.
1: The Chris Marler gloats and hoes episode is in full effect. Connor, I told you last week that I mean I'm not going to gloat that much, and the reason why is this, guys. One, because I don't want to start off by hurting your feelings. I want to do that later,
0: but like also we were on the phone when we found out yeah which was worse that was that definitely made it worse we were literally like on the phone talking through um some fall travel plan stuff yeah and then i'm like oh crap yeah so. and you're like what you're like what I'm like, oh bonix is starting for auburn and i said oh crap not because like i'm and we'll get to this in a little bit because we're going to talk more in depth and, like i'm actually excited about it i think it it's, it shows a lot of the new Gus characteristics yeah. that we've been talking about in the off-season. Like, I'm, I'm definitely here for it. It's super interesting. But I said, oh, crap, just because I knew the gloating was going
1: to come. I ran, so, I ran through my apartment, like, high-stepping and screaming. <laughs> and I was awkward. like, oh! And I was like, and crack it up while it's happening. Because this is, like, our oldest take. This is, this is, like, our oldest take that we keep circling back to. And, and one, yeah, because I'm right. But also because... Man, were you ever wrong? I mean, just <laughs> it got so bad. It was, it was, so, but it's fine now. We've we've moved on from it. I will say this: um, I haven't I haven't celebrated like that, like regarding a team not Alabama, like since '97 when Woodson won the Heisman over Peyton Manning, and I ran through my house and was like, "Yeah!" Like my team had won something, even though we didn't.
0: When Malik Willis wins a national championship for Liberty with Hugh Freeze's <laughs> offense, you are going to be so sorry. I so just upset. going to throw that out. There. be so upset. We've got a lot to get to today. Uh recorded an interview with Chris Felica, the Bear from College Game Day first right. time guest. Had a lot of fun with him. He's got some stories, man. We uh, we talked a lot He's of great. a lot of good Vegas stuff. That guy is tremendous. Did not realize the full extent of his responsibilities. Yeah. Um, but man, he he keeps very very busy. Um, So we talked to him ahead of, uh, obviously, opening weekend, opening college game day of the season here in Orlando. Uh, We, of course, uh, talked about uh, playoff national championship predictions, which we haven't thrown out there yet. We've We've done the SEC East Crystal Ball. We just did the SEC West Crystal Ball as well. And we've also got national championship predictions. So that'll be fun to get to. We have different thoughts on that. We uh, have Florida Miami over unders that we're gonna get to. Uncle Chris is gonna give us a little, a couple little insights as well on how we think the action is gonna go this weekend. And then you've got underrated players that you you had a, a graphic that you put together. I the did the on day. my own. Yeah, you did it all by your own self. Uh, We're going to get into some underrated players in the SEC. Some guys that we've talked about throughout the offseason that might not be underrated by us, but guys that you believe are still underrated nationally. And then, like I said, of course, we're going to talk Bo Nix as Auburn starting quarterback. But before we do that, have to tell you about our friends over at Sweet Hop. Have you ever looked up at at the boxes in the stadium and wondered how those folks snag seats that are so much better than yours? I've definitely done that. On home turf, oh Marler's dying. Marler's dying. Um, we interrupt this ad to inform you that I am now a solo host of the Saturday Night on South podcast. Marler oh, is deceased. Okay, We're you're good. good. You're alive. You're back. Oh. Thought we lost you. Good. Uh, On home turf, sitting in a suite is limited to university boosters and top alumni donors, but when your team is at a pro stadium, it's easy to book an exclusive experience for your friends or even as a company event. Sweet Hop is your resource for college games on the road or even your favorite NFL teams. With the best sight lines in the stadium, protection from the weather outside, and catering brought directly to you, you'll never want to sit in regular seats again. You can kick off the 2019 season in style. Like a, live like a VIP and book a private suite for your group this fall. That's the sweet life, y'all. View availability and pricing at sweethop.com slash kickoff today. That's S-U-I-T-E-Hop.com slash kickoff. I was in the I was in the sweet cough there for a second
1: there, Connor. I, I really thought you died. That was, <sighs> that was uh, tough, yeah. That was I, I muted it the first time, but it did not it was it was you know, we're fine though, it's just game week. We'll fight through it.
0: All right, you're you're playing, you're playing sick. We That's appreciate right. you doing that. Bo Nix, starting quarterback for Auburn. It is the first you have time.
1: Gotta be kidding me. You actually put the first thing in the notes is my quote from last week. You're the worst.
0: So I was gonna I was gonna let you sit. I was gonna let you just kind of think that you were right and that let you I was go, get it out of your system. <laughs> but I did notice. Then on the last podcast, you, and typical Uncle Chris fashion... Oh, my God. Hedged at the worst possible time. You did say... You did say... Okay, so this They're was the quote play. from you. Oh, my gosh. This was the quote from you on last podcast. Series one, down one. Uh, I think Gatewood probably comes out of the huddle. Those words were said out of your mouth by last week. But I will give you credit. Then you went on to say, but... If Nick's starts, I am going to gloat yeah. like crazy. Well,
1: you know the reason I would gloat like crazy, Connor, is because when we first had to talk about the Auburn starting quarterback position, I cannot believe you would start this segment
0: by quoting. <laughs> I've been unreal. so wrong on this. <laughs> I need. I, I have okay. I've been so wrong on this subject though that I needed to kind of bring you back down a peg a little bit. I, to get I know that. To I'm my glad level. that
1: you, you you also know that, and that's why you're saying it. Um, no, I mean like I so the I, only the reason why it was it was. Um, it's interesting because we posted this yesterday, and Barrett Sleep brought it up, and he was like, he balled out a couple weeks ago at the scrimmage, and 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 well, for everything I read, like there were quotes from Malzahn saying, you know, he had he had like three interceptions in a, in a scrimmage they had a couple weeks ago, and, and he didn't seem down on on Nick's at all, but he did say that there were, you know, he had he kind of had his struggles, so I was a little bit surprised based off that. I, I'm not surprised at all based off of you know when I first said it in in March, I said it because of the fact that like. If there was ever a freshman that came in that felt like he would get it, like in this offense, that like they would do well in this offense, it would be a kid like this with this kind of talent. I'm not saying it's it's specifically Bo Nix, but with somebody with this kind of talent. And and then when we had Cole Kubick on, he he like he said exactly that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he that was, was telling. Like, if there was ever a kid that would they could do it in this offense. It's Bo Nix, like specifically Bo Nix. And I was like, wow, that's that's different. That's unique. Um, and that made me feel a little better about it. I just. As you get closer to game time, man, those nerves start clicking in, and and, and I think, you know, Oregon's going to be better than people realize. I think in that I'm game, number eleven in
0: the country. I mean, I think yeah. people
1: realize they're going to be they're, they're going to be pretty good. I think people in the SEC don't really give a lot of the Pac twelve a lot of love, and and I, and like this isn't this isn't Oregon from years past. This isn't like oh we got like dat you know coming out of like you know returning punts and kicks, and and it's like this electrifying speed. This, they're, they're built more so like an SEC team from, from the trenches, and, and especially on the offensive line. So I, I'm a little bit surprised, I guess, but
0: at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I was right. There you go. <laughs> you were right. I will give you that. I just had to throw that back at you. <laughs> uh, first time that Auburn is starting a true freshman in the opener since 1946. I, I wrote yesterday that this is after we, we hung up and, I you know, we were, you were you're done gloating. Um, I, I wrote that I, I thought this was the ultimate new Gus move, and this is a move that I'm not sure that he makes last year. I, I think that this is just a, a sign of, of him kind of kind of just realizing, hey, look, I have to change things, and I need to be more bold, I need to be more decisive, more aggressive, you know, Marlon Davidson had the quote that we talked about on this podcast about how Gus is just a completely different guy than he was in 2016. Right. And, you know, there's a quote about that he had, you know, when talking to his players. He's like, I'm going to show you more of my heart. Like, I'm going to open up to you. I'm going to be like more of a real guy. And like, we saw that even with the SEC Network video that yeah. he did, you know, with Josh Snead and bachelor. stuff. And yeah, it, it was it was great. And He announced it, obviously, in a different way. But he announced it, you know, Auburn announced this in a decisive fashion, you know, with, yeah. a, with a public release – and you know, with a, a, an announcement that that Bo Nix is QB one, that that right there, that was that
1: the says thing. a lot. That does say a lot, and it, it, that may maybe it almost sounds like we're overreacting to it. But when you say QB one, like that's a very definitive statement. You know what I mean? Oh, like that's that's not like, hey, our starting quarterback is a QB one is going to be this freshman kid. I, yeah, that, I agree with you. That, that's impressive.
0: That's that's what these teams are doing now. I mean, Miami did it too which, with with Jaron Williams and. Yeah. You know, that that's just kind of the, the way that, that teams are going about this. It seemed like a few years ago it was more like, ah, we're gonna keep this as close to the vest as possible and then, you know, in the opener you'll you'll kinda of see what yeah. our plan of attack is. But now I think teams just kind of have realized, like, look, if this is a guy that's going to be leading our locker room, leading our team, he should be able to handle a big announcement like this, and we should be able to see how he responds before the opener, and we should be able to give him all the reps with the ones, and not have this competition go into the start of the season. Do you think and it that's was like what a, this is going to allow him to do?
1: Do you think it was like a like I, I I want to see it like where it's an announcement and it's it's handled the same way as like somebody's like goes from being a walk-on to put on scholarship just like oh and like the whole like whole crowd like whole team goes crazy and then like you just cut to the side like it's an episode of the office of like the backup quarterback like okay all right <laughs> here we are um, <laughs> this is not going as planned no i so I, this is this kind of thing just like you know kind of harping on what you just said with with being able to get out of like a week ahead of time to give this kid some confidence understanding like I think there's a lot that goes into strategy and, and and each coach is different. And there's there's a Bear Bryant quote that says like there's some players you got to put your head like your arm around and hug and there's some you got to kick in the ass a little bit. And I think I think that's fair. I know for me as a player, I always did better when I knew the coach and people around me had confidence in me and made me feel more confident. And and that's I think there's something to be said about like the, the Jake Fromm thing from the other day. It's like it kind of messes with you, and you don't know when someone's you're going to be pulled, mm-hmm. and and it just kind of eats away at you and gets into your psyche. I think this is a great way to go about it. Be like, hey, like you're the guy, game one. Like let's let's go out there and let's go win a game.
0: Part of me thinks that Gus has looked around just the landscape of college football the last few years, seeing guys like Jalen Hurts and Tua and Jake Fromm and Trevor Lawrence. Make these big time impacts as true freshmen, and it's not to say that Bo Nix is like automatically going to be that guy. But I mean, yeah, let's he was, be clear, he's not. He's yeah, Conner's not saying that. I, no, not saying that by any stretch. But like this, this belief that uh, that a true freshman like can't shine on the big stage, I think we've we've obviously gone away from that. And this announcement in 2019 is a little bit less surprising. And maybe we should have kind of seen. Something maybe I, I I should say should have seen something like this coming a little bit more so just with how bold Gus has been handling this entire thing with taking over the play calling duties from announcing in the in the spring that his finalists for this position were the two youngest guys on the team. Everybody's like, well, what are you? You know, you're worried about your quarterback depth, and and I'm sure that there are going to be questions about what Gatewood's future is, and I. You know, I don't, I don't know necessarily what, what the next step is for, for Joey Gatewood. Right. I'm not sure what the game plan for him is going to be in that Oregon game. If he gets meaningful snaps at all, maybe he won't. Maybe he just decides, Gus just decides, this is truly Bo Nix's job. And we want him to know that this isn't some sort of two-quarterback system. And we, we want to make sure that he's involved, you know, in everything from, you know, we're not just going to pull him in random series. We want him to feel comfortable and like he can make mistakes in this system and not have to worry about looking over a shoulder and wondering if Joey Gatewood's going to come in and steal his job. There could yeah. be some of that in the opener.
1: Yeah, and I think for me, it's 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 protecting the football. You look at Auburn's, like, in this offense, like, I don't want to say they're more prone to turn the ball over, but you look at their stats over the past couple of years, like, their total turnover, uh, what do you call it? What What's the word I'm looking for here, Connor? Turnover margin. Margin. I was going to say ratio, and I would have been way off. Um, you would have been 40, ratioed for that take. There, yeah. there you go. In the last four years, there's only one time that it's been plus three for the entire year. And it was last year. It was plus really? nine. Yeah. So wow. like, You look back at it, it was minus one in 2017, uh, plus three, plus two um, the year before. So, I mean, and honestly, if you keep looking back before that, they had plus seven in 2014. And before... Twenty twelve it was minus twelve, which is not and, not good.
0: And part of that too is just because the you know, the stretch the field type offense, mm-hmm. they they just don't take those they, they didn't take enough of those those chances with right. Jarrett Stidham as well. Right. I
1: think it'll be interesting to see though. Like I, I don't think it's one of those things where, you know, when you look at like I, I don't think it's gonna be like a Trevor Lawrence type thing, obviously. I don't think he's gonna go to the national championship necessarily and win forty four to sixteen over over somebody. And I, I don't know if it's gonna be like the Fromm thing. But for me it's it's how does he protect the football? Does he have one of those T D to int ratios that is that is you know efficient and I don't want to say game manager but like can he go in and manage a game as well as going
0: to win a game because I think they're equally as important as a freshman. It's an amazing move from from Gus to just say you know what, all right, I'm I'm not going to worry about what my quarterback situation looks like a few years from now because if Nick's is the guy, he's going to keep the job and, right. and if he and if he performs well this year, then Gus is going to be on the planes longer than than you know just this that anybody season. wants. <laughs> And, it, and if it doesn't work out, it blows up in his face, and he doesn't have to worry about the quarterback situation in the future. He's going to take his twenty-six million dollar check, and he's going to walk home, Head and over he's going to the gonna SEC be playing. Network. Head over to the <laughs> SEC network, join Gene Chiswick, sit down right next to him, talk about you know good old good old coaching in Auburn, and uh, life will be fine for him. But. I'm rich as dog crap, and I don't have to coach a dang day. <laughs> It's a it's a fascinating situation and, and a quarterback battle that I said was the most interesting in the country. Uh, fittingly enough, ha- has an ending that that really is is a bold move from Gus. So um, you know it, it'll be it'll be a fun team to watch this year with with this new element going in, and you know maybe people are going to talk about this like kind of like the Jacob Easton situation a couple years ago. But you know this is obviously different because of the stakes that Gus Malzahn faces as opposed to year one of Kirby Smart. Right. So. We'll, uh, we'll see how that develops. And, oh, by the way, Eli Stove and Will Hastings are both back to being full participants. So, you know, gets a couple more weapons um, around Stove? him a receiver. Stove? A. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the situation is uh, is built for, for him to succeed, and he's got all the confidence in the world in his head coach. Yeah. SEC underrated players. You put together a lovely little graphic. You threw it up on Instagram. It was on Twitter. I'm sure a lot of people have already seen it by now. But just in case they haven't seen it, why don't you run through the, the 10 guys that you've got for your underrated SEC players.
1: So it starts off with Lynn Bowden from Kentucky. Because I think he, I've said this before, him and the guy below him, Dejon Harris, I think are the most underrated players in the entire SEC. I asked, I asked both of them at Media Days. One of the very few questions I asked anybody uh, that didn't work with me. And actually, we're supposed to be interviewing. I said, do you think you're the most underrated player in the SEC? And Dejan Harris flat out said yes. Right. Um, and and, and I, loved, I loved his very rational and logical response to it um, as to why he's like, you know, I get that I'm not on a winning team and, you know, you have to do this and that. But this kid's he's had over 120 tack- or over 115 tackles in each of the past two seasons, which is crazy. Um, also, Cheyenne Carter from Alabama, Larry Roundtree, who you are not familiar with, but he's a running yes. back from Mizzou. Never had 1,200 heard of him. yards last year. Uh, Eric Stokes Jr. from Georgia. Now here's one that I'll never ever forget his position, and that's Mohammed Sanagu, uh, who or Sanago. He is a linebacker, not a defensive lineman, because I put that incorrectly up on the graphic. And he, isn't he an edge though? Like no, not if you ask him. He 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 said several times. He said, "Yeah, I don't play linebacker." He brought that up on on social media. We had a little chat back and forth yesterday. In the Instagram DMs. He's a, he's a really good kid. I, I do think he's one of the more
0: underrated players in the... So strictly defensive line. No, he's a linebacker. Oh, okay. So yeah. you said he doesn't play like Okay, so he is linebacker. That's,
1: okay, did I mess it up again? Damn it. If yes, you're listening, Muhammad, that's, right. that's my fault. Again, uh, I can't do this job this year. Um, I need to get into the transfer portal, right, by the way. Back <laughs> to bartending. Um, no, so, I, so he... I, it was between him and Scotty Phillips, and if we're being 100% honest, I think I made the right pick for, for who's more underrated. But I, I wish that I would have said Scotty Phillips so I didn't have to, because I know a position he plays for sure. Yeah, um, he's definitely right <laughs> back. So we have Daryl Taylor, who's a t- uh, linebacker from Tennessee, who's very underrated. T. Leading B-
0: sacks, leading uh, re- of, of all returns in the SEC in sacks.
1: Yeah. TJ um, Brunson, uh, who's a linebacker from South Carolina. There, there's a couple guys in that front seven for South Carolina that I think are, are really underrated. Um, I don't think this kid gets enough love. Justin Matabuke. From Texas A&M. You said it right. Look at you. I'm really good Dang. at my job. Like I was just saying. And then Freddie Swain, who's a receiver from Florida, who I think is, uh, you know, lots, I think everyone at this point knows how good that receiving core from Florida is and they, and how good they can be. Just they're very deep, very talented. Um,
0: and that kid, he doesn't get a lot of press, but he, but he should. And I think he will this year. I wrote about Freddie last year, too. He had kind of a, I think it was a breakout game, I want to say, against Tennessee. Uh, Luke, Luke our, our good buddy, Luke Del Rio. Big, big fan of Freddie Swain. Yeah, the Guy who makes plays in special teams as well. Uh, he's, he's not, you're right, he's not talked about in the same way that a Kadarius Tony or somebody right. who is as highly touted as a Trayvon Grimes or something like that, but somebody who's... Uh, very capable of having a big role in that offense this year,
1: and and also so we we did I did most underrated players and I did breakout players and like this is mm-hmm. this is strictly the underrated players list. We can get to the breakout players if we have time a little bit later. But like what was what was funny was <laughs> like I spent a lot of time on this and I was very excited. Shout out to Chris Doring who gave me a, a really really nice positive shout out on SEC this morning about it, um, and a lot of other people. It, it was it it went over a lot better than I thought. I was surprised, but. Because it's the internet, and people, especially with Florida fans right now, don't like me that much. Um, but it was funny because when this came out, people would be like, "This is BS," or like, so "There was like some reactions like, was like this is BS.' How come so and so was on, it? and he was like on the other list for like breakout players? So there's that.
0: Yeah, Larry Roundtree is is underrated by people who put together top five, top twenty five <laughs> running back lists, and uh, conveniently for, forget to put Larry Roundtree on there.
1: So Larry Round, Keyshawn Vaughn, who's somebody that you talk about a lot. Had twelve hundred and forty-four yards last year. Larry Browntree had twelve hundred and sixteen.
0: Eh, Keyshawn Vaughn was also hurt for two and a half games yeah, and I, had more of an impact in the passing game. But eh, that's you defend
1: yourself however you want to. I'm just telling you.
0: I'm um, a sneak apologist till the day I die.
1: That's fair. That's fair. So anyway, but yeah, it was. Um, I, I thought it was interesting for sure. Uh, there was there was a lot of lot of. Uh, good players that it's just like i think that are overlooked and we talked about this you know i want to do one for the freshmen too that i think are going to have a big impact and like i guess said the breakout players this year is almost more interesting but um this is the list
0: we have for that yeah and and these lists are always fun to to kind of circle back to mid-season to come up with an underrated players list where you just yeah sometimes you're forced to put together you know w- whether it's like a mid-season all sec team or you know you're looking at midseason all americans you're like this, this why is this person not getting the love like yeah. you just watch them just tear it up for like you know the last month or something like that and they're, they're just not getting the national love so to speak and that that happens a lot and a common you know one of the common traits that you see with 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 a list like this yes it's the smaller teams it's the or it's the teams who don't win necessarily as much but somebody like Dijon Harris is like okay he's played on bad defenses he's racked up a million tackles and by the time I finish the sentence he's gonna have another tackle right. But like that's that's just the nature of the beast, and as he will even admit, that's why these these guys are underrated. So like that at the same time, that's why somebody like Josh Allen was underrated coming into last year because he had been a part of you know Kentucky teams that had gotten to seven wins, but nobody was talking about them nationally. Right. But there are a lot of people who thought Josh Allen was ready to become that all American dude. So will some of these guys then become all Americans this year? I don't know. We'll have to circle back to it though.
1: Yeah, I mean you have you have guys like like uh, we talk about Juarez and Ziniga a lot, who I think people are are very high on from Florida, and with good reason. Uh, I know he had, like, six sacks, and he had 11 tackles for loss last year, but when you look at, you know, TJ Brunson is a good example. He had 106, 106, yeah, 106 tackles last year and then 10.5 tackles for loss. Like, anytime time you're getting double digits like, in that and over triple digits in tackles, like, that's impressive. Like That's, a lot- just,
0: that's impressive. Yeah, a lot of South Carolina fans were upset that he didn't get preseason All-SEC love as well. Probably a guy that should have made that list, but linebackers, very deep in the SEC as always. Right,
1: agreed. And then, do you want to go through the breakout players? Sure, let's do it. Okay, so I have, as you know, Jared Carantano as my quarterback. Yeah, Um, boy. Yeah, boy. This is weird, too, because I had to go back and take some people off, because it was almost all wide receivers. Like, almost every single thing was wide receivers. Um, I have Jamar Chase from LSU. Richard LeCount, who you guys have heard me talk about a lot from Georgia. Uh, Seth Williams at receiver from Auburn. I don't like what he said early in March about how they had the best receivers in the state
0: division. That's just conference. the par for the course yeah. for, for Auburn these days, though. Yeah, after, for what real. Boobie Lip- after what Booby Whitlow said a couple right. weeks ago,
1: yeah. Um, Kadarius Tony from Florida is somebody we've talked about a lot. Like this is this has become almost like the worst kept secrets. You know what I mean? Like they're not underrated, but I, I do think they're prime for a breakout and. and Shai Smith from uh, South Carolina. Cause that, he doesn't. He had good numbers last year, and that's with Brian Edwards and Debo Samuel. And I think I think you're going to see every all three of those guys are going to put up better numbers this year. And I know that sounds weird because I know Debo's gone, but you know he he didn't really get like that much exposure. I feel like at, at South Carolina when he was there, but he's killing it so far in the preseason for the, the Niners. And then Brian Edwards, I think, will obviously have a better year. And then Shai Smith, especially, he's he's a great two in that one-two punch. Um, why don't you help me out with the linebacker selection here from LSU? What's his name?
0: Kaylevon Jason. Kaylevon Jason. Now we're gonna call it Kelvin um, Was out he, all last year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, well, he inj- he got injured in the Miami game, right? In the opener, yeah. Yeah, he is a monster. Like if you, see, he is terrifying to look at. Um, he, so I, I think I got big things for him this year. Le'Bron Ray from Bama, uh, especially I think with when you have Homer. M- uh, no, yeah, when you have a Noma out, um, I, I feel like that's he's going to finally step up. He's a he's a big time recruit that's in his third year there. Uh, Courtney Davis from A and M, and then Kylan Hill, who's a guy that's not really. I mean, he that's burst. In this, yeah, he burst in the scene last year, and, and we talked about this after the Kansas State game. He's he's really good, uh, and and was able to showcase a lot of stuff there. But that that offense was featured around Nick Fitzgerald, and I think this year, when you have uh, a quarterback situation that's not as this sounds weird, but it's solidified um, now that Fitzgerald's gone. I think that Kylan Hill's going to be like the, the main, main focal point of that offense. The
0: the running back is usually the focal point of a Joe Moorhead offense, which sounds weird. Here because, we go. No, I'm I'm just saying like there was a stat going into last year about the last five years of, of the running back in Joe Moorhead system, which includes Chase Edmonds, who's yeah. playing in the NFL from Fordham, and, and it was like some, they averaged like 200. They got at least 200. As all of you touches, knew that. Yeah, of course. They got, like, at least 268 touches and, like, y- 1,500 yards from Wait, scrimmage every what? year. Yeah. No, it's insane. Because, obviously, that includes Sa- Saquon Barkley as well, yeah, the two sure. years that he had him. But, yeah, the the numbers that, that a typical Joe Moorhead back puts up are insane. I'm not saying Kylan Hill is going to do that in the SEC, but he was banged up down the stretch. He even had the comment of he had that run against Bama where he should have been stopped at, at – for a three-yard loss yeah. easily, and he turned it into like a thirty-five-yard gain on the short side of the field, where he just bursts up the sideline. Yeah. And he even had like a quote tweet where he's like, "Yeah, just imagine if I was actually healthy for that right. too." Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 big on Kylan Hill. Obviously, that's that that's pretty well known. It's 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 t- to be a breakout player in the SEC, you you really have to like Ooh, we have like sirens a Trayvon Williams. Oh, we got sirens. Oh, that's good. That's because I got a fire take. That's, out, right. That's, that's right. That's right. You really have to have almost like a Travion Williams type season where you you just put up these insane numbers because it's so hard to get noticed as a skill player in the SEC when yeah. there are national championship contenders, obviously, and and if you're an All SEC player, chances are you're getting All America recognition. So yeah, I mean a, a lot of those guys could definitely take that step this year. Yeah, agreed. And I mean you know basically like you said, we'll circle back to it as long as I'm right. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, <laughs> I think, I think we'll it was forget a good about list. the wrong takes. Yeah. And it'll just be like, we'll we'll come back to it mid season. be like, remember, we told you about him. Right. We told you he was going to be a big breakout player. We no, it, was, it was
1: cool, though, especially with the, the Doring thing in bringing it up. And I'll, I'll say this real quick before we move on to the next one, because I feel like I talked for like way too long so far this episode. But, uh, Doring's take when he was like talking about he's like Chris is funny and he does a social media thing and he's a bartender and and he was a comedian and blah, blah blah and he was like but this is actually some pretty good stuff and I was like thanks man yeah it's like
2: <laughs> and
0: the other part of this job I, I'm trying to do so I'm trying to do well at as well so anyway that's like whenever I randomly like once in a blue moon I'll come up with something that's actually laugh out loud funny and, and then somebody will say like oh Connor's actually like kind of funny yeah. like, <laughs> like he can have a funny comment yeah. he's not just at least says about that all the, time. all the time all the time oh there we I'm go like
1: well you know you said it last week so maybe just remember it next time he is funny there you go Boom. i got I'll you take bro it. i got you thank
0: you put that at the bottom of my resume kind of funny every once in a while
1: <laughs> describe yourself speaking we've of got, things that were kind of funny and also kind of right about oh boy.
0: playoff and national championship prediction time we've been holding off on this i to be honest i've gone back and forth on this throughout the offseason I, like, I have I, for so for so long, I just told myself, "Bama Revenge Tour," it's gonna happen. Don't let anything get in the way of that. And then, of course, as I often somebody do, got, I, got something yesterday, yesterday in on Twitter. Way of that. <laughs> no, yeah, believe it or not, this is something that I've had I've had cooking for a while. So why don't we go through our, our playoff teams, uh, and then we'll uh, go through our, our, our national championship I'll let matchups and the you All right, number four seed, Alabama. Number three seed, Michigan. Number two seed, Georgia. Number one seed, Clemson. Now, you're wondering, wait a minute. How would Bama get a four seed? And how would Georgia get a two seed? Well, if you put two and two together, I think we see the reverse of last year's SEC championship. And we see Georgia actually prevail and win that game and take down Bama. An 11-1 Georgia team going into that. Uh, needs to win that game to get into the playoff. This time they win it, whereas Bama, I didn't it think needed to win that game last year. I did not think Bama needed to win that game last year in order to make the playoff. And I think the same thing happens then this year. Maybe the schedule, the backloaded schedule, comes back to bite Bama in the SEC Championship. But Bama still gets in the playoff and upsets everybody in the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 gets left out. And, oh, by the way, so does the Big 12. And uh, that, doesn't exactly, um, that doesn't exactly lend itself to the four-team playoff continuum. We'll just say that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you want me to tell you why you're wrong now? Let's do it. So, guys, uh, this is bittersweet for me because, as most of you know, and as some people have uh, came to know yesterday on Twitter, um, I joke around a lot, but at the same time, I, am, I don't feel like I'm a Bama homer considering that this take last year is what I've hung my hat on for almost a full year. Of, of being right. I was right last year when I said Clemson was going to win the national championship.
0: It's a little bit too much Marler, Marler's right. I'm, you I know, need, I need Connor, it's not, like it's not this episode. Kind of this is just a consistent theme in my life. I think we just,
1: we got to start giving credit where credit's due. Just but, Uncle Chris
0: Heater is just going on way too it's, long. It's,
1: it's, it's, well, yeah, not in baseball gambling. Hopefully, Mays not <laughs> listening to that. Um, you, I tell you what, y'all, gambling on the Little League World Series has not been going well for Uncle Chris. <laughs> um, no, it's so that, that was a joke. But, um, I'm I'm nervous to hang up my hat on last year because you know you can't rest on your laurels anymore, and we'll see how this year plays out. I, I have another Pac-12 team making the making the Final Four in football. Um, oh, in basketball or football? In football, I don't know. In any football, about basketball. Oh, okay. Uh, so here's what I have: I have one Clemson, two Clemson, Clemson, two Bama. And, and you guys already know how I feel about this. And this is, I'm, again, this is trying to be non biased and not be a homer. This is, this is how I feel, y'all. Um, Clemson has the easiest schedule out of anybody that's going to make the Final Four. They will be the number one seed. Bama goes undefeated when the SEC championship came. I think Georgia's a year away from dethroning the dynasty again. Um, and Bama comes in at number two. Number three, I do have Michigan. Now, I'm going to throw this in here as well. I'm going to give a little love to Wisconsin. Wisconsin is somebody I think they could sneak in there too. Um, if they can get to the uh right, well, you know more about Big Ten football than me. I am just, I'm, I thought I was going to impress you with that, but it's fine. I guess not. I know, just, I'll, I'll, I'll hear that take out. I don't have I'll any more. That's, that's the end of the take. I just thought you'd be impressed. You should see the look he's giving me right now, guys. Anyway, I have Michigan number three, so not a lot of variance there. Number four, I have the Utah Utes. Wow. Coming in hot. Now, listen, here's the thing. The Pac-12 is going to be a lot better than people give them credit for this year. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm sleeping with an Oregon State grad, but I'm saying it because Utah has a very manageable schedule coming out of the Pac-12 South. I think, I think for the first time in a while, like people are really high on Washington, people are really high on Oregon. Oregon has, I think, possibly the best offensive line unit outside of Georgia in the country. Uh, they return the most experience out of anybody in the country, according to Phil Steele. The um, Pac-12 is going to be a little bit better than people realize, I think, this year. And I don't think it's going to take the Pac-12 being undefeated. To get to the national championship game. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, I think I think people I think that loss that Bama had last year did a lot for the rest of the country. And teams like or like places like the Big Twelve, the Pac-12, that are usually on the outside looking in. I think Bama losing by 28 to an ACC school doesn't really help the SEC get two teams in. You saw it last year, didn't get Georgia in, even though a lot of people right, thought they were right. one of the best, you know, four teams in the country. I think that's Utah losses, makes but, yeah. it. I think um that's yeah, also true. I think Utah gets in. Because they do have a more manageable schedule.
0: Um, Oregon and Washington are both really good, and I think that resume is going to look better than people think. What's the phrase about if a tree falls in a forest and nobody's, nobody hears it, does it actually happen? What's that phrase called? Again? Something stupid yeah. like that. What are you trying to say right now? I'm trying to say that's the equivalent of the Pac-12 championship that's played. The Pac-12 championship night. sucks. Is it's it a, is it played on a Friday it's night? Played this on a year, Friday night. Like and
1: it's, it's at, it was at it's San like Francisco last year. It's like it's so. I'm telling you right now, not enough is made about how miserable that five o'clock start is because it's like that it's national championship local. game. It was so weird. Is five o'clock local?
0: Yeah, it was five o'clock local Pacific because they did it for for TV stuff because they wanted to have it at eight o'clock prime time. The, the Pac twelve championship is, yeah, a, yeah. is essentially is essentially Toby's birthday celebration. That's yeah, what it
1: is. that's a that's a really good way to put it. It is it is not a great feeling being out there. You don't feel like all eyes are on you in the national like the national championship. You don't feel like oh man, the whole world is watching. You look like it, it looks like like oh, okay, well we got a we got a fun little exhibition we're about to play right now.
0: Well, we have relatively similar similar final fours then having Michigan both in there but yeah a little little bit different there with obviously you not having Georgia in there so semifinal matchups i've got number 1 clemson beating number 4 alabama in a high scoring nail biter of a game you picked clemson to win last year i'm picking clemson to win a game this year against bama so i want just nothing nothing but love no chuckles um, we're just going to move on to the next one. And then I've got Georgia just dismantling Michigan, J- just pum- yeah. pummeling Michigan. Michigan gets over the hump against Ohio State. They win the Big Ten championship, and then it's and like, they play right, real that's... football. Your word's not mine. Then, after that, yes, I've got Georgia taking down Clemson. The drought is coming to an end in Athens. Waffle House for everyone. Kirby is ordering Waffle House for the entire state of Georgia, the entire United States. He's got the money to do it. They've got the recruiting budget to do it. We'll get to that a little bit later. And Georgia fans go wild. And all of a sudden, the drought... All that talk, all that angst of the last Man. now forty years, it fades. It fades into the oblivion, and all of this Clemson, Bama back and forth thing, it finally comes to an end, and a team finally breaks through. This might just be wishful thinking on my part. Tell me, I'm crazy.
1: I'm not gonna tell you crazy because that's that's the exact matchup I picked last year. Um, I had Clemson winning it, obviously, but I think that Georgia. It, it's not a bad pick. Like, listen, I think Georgia is one of the top four teams in the country, and I don't think it's in question. I just don't think they're better than Bama this year and I don't think that and again just so we're all on the same page I'm not being a homer when I say that. I'm saying that based off of all the things that we have in front of us to look at. They are going to be so super ridiculously talented on defense, but that front seven is going to be really young, like really young. And and I think they're going to be I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be really good, but I just I think that Bama ruined that whole hope of the SEC getting two teams in again. Um Last year when they got dismantled in the national championship, Georgia's good enough to win a national championship this year, and if they get to the national championship against Clemson, there will be not a bigger UGA fan in the world than me. Well, that's not true, but and
0: know. here's and here's the thing about that matchup too, if they get there, if they get there, and we talked about I talked we talked about a lot this offseason about how much. You know, Clemson lost on that that defensive line. I know they still got Xavier Thomas, and everybody's really excited about him—a five-star guy, preseason All-America. Love Do all those things. They have four of them. They don't have four of them like they did last year. <laughs> and if that Georgia offensive line can re- can stay healthy they this year, all they, they have them. the depth. They they could seriously impose their will, and it'd be a different matchup than what they saw in the 2017 championship oh. when they couldn't put Bama away down the stretch.
1: And I tell you what, and I'll say this now, and this is hypothetical, so I, I don't I shouldn't get too gung ho about it, but that matchup this year, if it is Georgia versus Clemson, I'm not saying Clemson's D line is going to be, you know, terrible. They're not going to be chopped liver or anything like that. But yeah, what you just said, Xavier Williams, there's not, there's not three other Xavier Williams, Xavier right Thomas. What? Xavier Either Thomas. way, there's not three other <laughs> Xavier Thomases or Williams. Like that's going to be coming, like, you know, being on the field in, in orange and white this year. Georgia will run through Clemson. Georgia's going to run through a
0: lot of people this year, but Georgia would run through Clemson with that offensive line. All right, Marler. Let's hear it! I know it's coming. I know it's coming. The Revenge Tour. Oh, we didn't say national my national champion. Oh, it's Bama. You didn't Clemson. Say it yet.
1: It's Bama. Clemson in, in the championship game in New Orleans. I'll be there. Uh, I, Bama, Bama's not losing this year, y'all. I'm just. I'm letting you know now. I'm letting you know now. Um, I don't think Bama loses this year. The schedule's too easy. They're too angry. That offense is going to be. That offensive line is going to be so much better than people think. Um, and oh man, there's. There's, every now and then losing to a team, It's it, it doesn't feel as bad. Because you know, once that bad taste is out of your mouth, and it's been nine months, there's there's just, there's a, it's not that it's revenge, it's a blankety-blank reckoning that's coming, Connor. That's what's happening. I don't want to quote Tomb, Tombstone too much, and I don't want to cuss on this show, but I'm all fired up now. It's not revenge,
0: it's a reckoning that we're after, okay? A blankety-blank reckoning. Mother... Blanket reckoning, y'all hear y'all heard it first. A blankety blank reckoning. It's is not revenge. She's for out. college football. It's a reckoning. So us us SEC homers, we've got Bama, we've got Georgia winning the national championship. Yeah, we've alienated what the
1: rest of the entire country <laughs>
0: <laughs> besides Utah, which is perfect. Shout out Utah. Uh, I think we are uh, definitely going to be held to those predictions throughout the year. Um, and I'll admit, I'll admit, there's a part of me that just says, you know, I have nothing against Clemson, nothing against Bama, anything like that. As a college football fan, yeah, we, we want to see something a little bit different. Yeah, Maybe there's it. part of me that's just saying, let's just, let, let's let predict something and will it into existence. Let's just do it.
1: Hey, and I'll tell you what, I've, I've said it here off air, and, I've, and I've, I pretty much believe it. This is the last year of the dynasty. So, you let me get one more, and then it's all on. Dynasties
0: me. dead. Dynasties dead. All right. Two teams trying to build their own dynasties. Going in, I'd say, different rates right now. Yeah. Florida, Miami, this weekend, Saturday, in Orlando. The city beautiful. Cannot wait for it. We've got over-unders. Um, I came up with a few of these. I hope you're I hope you're, you're. fully on board with all this. God, these, you were so good at this good. last year. I know. I, tough act to follow. Really tough act to follow. All right. First one. We talk about this, I think, we talked about this with uh, with Neil the other day. Kadarius Tony touches. I set the over/under at six point five. It better be
1: over in the first half. It won't. Oh. He'll get five. He'll get five in the first half.
0: It'll be over though. He'll, he'll get over. This is a kid that has to be featured in this offense this year. But what if they're winning? If they're if they're winning big, then they won't be. You, you want to save them. You don't want to run as have him as mate looks. But yeah, that that could. They that will be. They will be winning big late, and it'll be because of, like partially because of him. All right. Total interceptions thrown. Now, when I say interceptions, that's combined for every quarterback who takes a snap. That includes Kadarius Toney, who could step back their former quarterback and decide to throw the ball. I have the over-under at 2.5. What do you got? Over. Will it be all Jaron Williams throwing these picks? No, I think think Felipe
1: Franks could get like, he'll have a, a two in one day. Like he'll have like two touchdowns, maybe one pick. I mean, listen, this is Miami's a good defense, they, and they have they got a lot coming back. But like, and so does Florida. We know about that secondary. I, you got a freshman quarterback going up against that Gator secondary. That is, pff, I'll take that all day. I'll t- I'll take the over on that. But it's, it, I think you're right. Like the number is going to be three or two. Yeah. Um,
0: all right. How about this one? Shots of Disney Ugh. characters coming back from commercial. I, as somebody who's watched many sporting events in Orlando, I, I feel like I might have actually been low with this. Seven point five. I hope under. God, there's just nothing
1: creepier than grown ass adults down at Disney World. I don't care how that sounds. That just and you know what? Nothing gets me put more pumped up for a game when I'm all fired up and I'm like, you know, eight makers marks deep trying to get my team willed to win, and then seeing Mickey Mouse and Goofy just waving like a bunch of idiots at the TV. Like I, I hope it's under, but it's gonna be over.
0: They all they do is wave too, every it single time. It's hurt. the same exact thing. Yeah. Maybe they'll do, Maybe they'll do like, some sort of weird stomping thing. Like, they're, they're walking up to the camera, and then they just wave really close. This is why we camera. need video of the pod every now and then, so you could be doing this right now, because I don't know what you're talking about. No, I absolutely just did it, even though we, we can't <laughs> see each other right now. That's okay. Um, yeah, I, I think the over is probably going to hit with that. Lamical. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, touchdowns. I set the over under at 1.5. Under. I think it's gets one. I think it's one. He could get two. I think he gets one. That's just total touchdowns, keep in mind. So he could get involved in the passing game, too. I know what you said, and I'll take the under. All right, yeah. Malik Davis, uh, your your job is to step up. Um, Okay, how about non-offensive touchdowns? I set the over-under at .5. So, in other words, will there be a non-offensive touchdown?
1: You know what's weird, too, is I didn't give much thought to this until um, it was brought up. With our interview, we'll we'll have here in a second with Chris Felica, and he he brought that up as like a, mm-hmm. a late touchdown. Yeah, I'm that's gonna why I brought say, that in. I'm gonna say under. Um, it's just I mean like I don't know. For me, I just feel like that's that should if that's a if that's a prop bet, that you should always bet the under because it's it's not it doesn't happen every game, you know.
0: Little well, CJ Henderson pick six. That's uh, yeah, I know that could happen. A lot of a lot of different things that could that could happen. A little fumble return, a little strip sack, Jabari Zuniga strip sack, something like that. Um, I, I think that the over hits, I, after listening to, and you'll hear what the bear has to say about that as well, I, I think that there will be at least one of those. All right. This one is, is something I know you're very passionate about. Shots of upset Tathan Martell on the sidelines, um, a la Jared Garantano in that opener against Georgia Tech a couple years ago. Go back and watch. That was pretty ugly, actually, uh, for your boy. Yeah. I'm going to say under, over. Over under 8.5. You're taking the over. Over. He. I mean, he is,
1: good God. That's gonna be fun. That's just gonna be really fun to watch. I'll say that.
0: They're 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 going to be keyed in on him, and it's different than his situation. Like you know, because I I still do obviously I still write on on the Big Ten side as well. So I watched Ohio State games last year, and they didn't show him because Dwayne Haskins was blowing up, and they actually had packages for for Martell to be able to like come into you know goal line packages, and they almost right. tried to do like a little bit of a Tebow thing with him, not obviously to that degree of success, but a little bit of a different dynamic at play here. I, I could definitely see them showing him on the sideline a lot. And what, I don't know if he's going to line up at receiver at all. I mean, I know we've joked about that, but um, I, I think that there will definitely be a few where he's just kind of staring into the camera, hands on the shoulder pads, the front of the shoulder pads, that's the look. Right. And we'll be like, uh, what's going on in that kid's mind right now?
1: Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, the hands in the front of the shoulder pads especially. I, and Big I think it'll, he'll come in early. He'll do something. I'm sure he'll get involved in the game at some point. But um, – yeah, it's going to be interesting either way. God, Man, just it's just, you don't ever want to wish ill will on a kid. I know a lot of people, Dan Wolken, got upset about how the internet's reaction to him went. Um, I, I think, like, one of the dumbest things I've read this entire offseason was somebody saying, our reaction to Tate Martell says a lot more about us than it does
0: Tate. Shut up, Dan. Just, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, that's kind of taking a lot of things out of context. Or, yeah, like, not really taking a lot of those things into account, and him going after various quarterbacks. Right. It's, media. it's also it's Dan Wolken who is like
1: the poster child of overreacting to things,
0: and that's coming from me. True. Yeah. You guys do. You, you got something in common. You guys both like to overreact. I don't the like that you said bit. that at all. That's just, okay, oh. we'll move on. Uncle Chris, drop some knowledge on us. Y'all, I've said this before, and I'll say it
1: again. Golly, first off, it's it's finally gambling season, unless you're like me and you've been doing it this entire offseason, just to stay sharp. Now, here are the numbers we are looking at right now. Uh, this is from, I'm, I'm looking at Vegas Insider right now, which is um, Florida versus Miami this week at 7 o'clock. It is not at 7.30. I'm an idiot. Okay, I did not know that. So, oh yeah,
0: because we were talking about that earlier too. Yeah. I thought I thought originally it was seven. Okay, I it was All seven right, I So I was anyway,
1: doing. so it opened the line opened at seven and a half um, in favor of Florida and the over under at fifty and a half. It is now down to seven and forty seven and a half. Uh, mm. Actually, I'm sorry, it's, it's back up to seven and a half, but it's the the number is down to forty seven and a half for the over under. That says a lot. Anytime the line moves like that, um, that is something you want to obviously uh, pay attention to. Because it's, and you also want to look at where like the sharp money is going to be. Now, I think Florida covers the seven and a half for a lot of reasons. I I think I think they cover the seven and a half. Now, if you look at where the money is placed right now in Vegas, okay, this is interesting. This is from the Action Network. It's a great tool to use. Forty-five percent of the bets uh, are on Miami, which means fifty-five percent are on Florida, right? Of the bets, where you want to look is where the money is, okay. 55, only 55% of the bets are on Florida, but 67% of the money is on Florida, which says a lot. Um, I'm taking Florida to cover. I think the, the play of the day is is the under. Um, I, I don't think it's really close. And you look at the under on here now. The, the over-under, it's 66% of the bets are on the under of 47.5. 81% of the money, okay? Wow. 81% of the money is on the under. That is the play. Um, stay away from where the public necessarily is going, but that's where the sharp money is going as well. So I'm taking Florida to cover seven and a half. I'm taking the under. I know this is a mistake to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Take a teaser out and and get... Florida down to, to a half a point. so They just have to win and take that under at 54 and a half. These are two teams that were both inside the top 20 in total scoring offense last year. Uh I'm sorry, in, in total scoring in defense, defense yeah. last year. Um two teams that were also I'm trying to like Miami was 4th overall in total defense. Florida was a uh you know, in the top 30. I think they were 28th. They're they're two teams that are going to be it's going to be a, a very Close game, I think, until about midway through the third quarter or fourth quarter. I think Florida gets away late from it, uh, and they win twenty-seven to fourteen uh, in favor of the Gators. There you go. Ooh,
0: like yeah. twenty-seven yeah. fourteen. I like
1: that. Yeah, I, I just I I think that this is listen, man. We this is you don't see as many of these games because of where the state of the programs are in, in Florida um, for Miami, Florida State, and, and Florida. They're you know I think Florida's obviously coming back now faster than those other two, but these these when any of those three teams get together. They don't like each other at all, at all. There's just so much bad blood. A lot of them played against each other in high school, and and there's just a lot of pride and a lot of good athletes on the field. And uh, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring, ugly, chippy game early, and then Ford will pull away late on a
0: Felipe Franks touchdown run. Give me 30-14. to 14. Thirty to fourteen, final. That would technically be like a two-score game. Uh, I think that's isn't that the exact same score from the Florida Michigan game two years ago in the opener? I think it is. Might be. Uh, let me look through my notes here and uh... let me look through <laughs> and see if I can find them it. It and... was thirty-three to seventeen. You idiot! All right, same thing though. I the same thing. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that, that hit on a lot of good points. We had a great interview with Chris Felica, somebody who hopefully will be a regular um, yeah. on the SDS podcast. Um, obviously, like a lot of people know him from College Game Day, but we got into some of the stuff about how it just he got started there what his what his role is like and what he does in a given week and and some great stuff uh with with lee corso and how lee corso actually gave him that nickname which yeah. we did not know so also we have, uh, i
1: have his personal number now so if you think i'm not going to text him advice from gambling you're wrong so yeah you're going to be
0: like all right i've lost six straight bets it's like 10 30 of you're help. like pack 12 after dark guide me help me yeah. out right now uh, but yes here is our interview with chris the bear felica We're now excited to be joined by a very special guest, a first-time guest, in fact. Uh, You know him from the gambling knowledge that he drops on College Game Day every Saturday, which, of course, is coming to Orlando this Saturday to kick off the 2019 season. It is Chris Felica, a.k.a. Bear. First question is a pretty obvious one. Do you prefer that people call you Bear? Because I absolutely would if I were you. Oh,
3: I think the only person that calls me Chris is my mom. Even my wife knows that if she wants to get, even if she wants to get my attention. She knows, she she, she knows what to call me. But yeah, I, I honored. I feel like the old the old Mike and the Mad Dog for a first time, long time. Uh, like I'm one of the like the eleven Power Five schools that Game Day hasn't, hasn't been to yet. Looking to get to a a, a first time site again this year. So uh, yeah, happy to uh, happy to be with you guys. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, if people want to get a hold of me, they Bit uh, Bear is certainly the uh, the the, the, the your preferred
0: name. I love that. I love that. Uh, before we dig into some odd stuff, uh, I, I think there's probably a good percentage of people listening or people who watch you on College Game Day, and they think that your entire job is just picking a few games each week and then telling us why <laughs> Team X is gonna is gonna cover the spread. But I, I know that you do far more than that for ESPN.
3: Yeah, no, no. It, it, I'm, I'm I am primarily, I mean, first and foremost, my job is the. Uh, is the researcher and the, the research producer and co-producer of, of, of game day. Uh, that, that's job number one. This just happened to uh, formulate over a, a bunch of years and Lee Fitting, the former producer, and now the head of uh, football, ESPN uh, and, and Kirk Street and, and Fowler and those guys just recognizing my passion and my knowledge of uh, uh, the, the, the betting world to, to, to turn into this little uh, on air a bit on game day and then it's turned into whatever it has online with podcasts with steve but uh yes a, during football season obviously i have i'm responsible for uh all of the uh the, the research that goes into game day and then once football season's over i take care of um, i handle dick Vitale and his needs uh, during the sec basketball tournament uh, selection sunday uh, championship week uh, ncaa tournament final four and then i turn my uh Tasks to 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 the masters and, uh, and golf. And we'll have the PGA next year, so that'll be great. I handle uh, research and, and information for
2: uh, wow.
3: for golf coverage. So uh, I, I want so my uh, my April every year uh, starts uh, starts the final four and then goes right to Augusta, which this year will be uh, final four Atlanta right to Augusta. So that'll be uh, uh, good post game to not have to uh, get on a plane right afterwards and lose about a day of sleep. So that'll be, that'll be good and then uh, <laughs> i say i do a lot of, do do a lot of writing, do a lot of writing on racing so uh, college football college basketball uh golf horse racing I and mean, obviously i'm a big uh, i'm a big soccer soccer fan as well i was uh, on site for uh our world cup coverage in 2010 in south africa so i'm i'm, I'm well versed in uh soccer and research needs for that as well so im
0: nice.
3: a, I'm, I'm pretty uh i I'm, I'm a renaissance man when it comes to what i do here
0: Jeez, that's crazy! You you are essentially like in April. You're like behind the scenes, Jim Nance. I mean, that's basically what yeah. you are. Get to do the Masters and Final Four like that. That's Hello, awesome. Friends.
3: Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's funny. I, I always I always joke with people. They always uh like, oh, how are you getting from the how are you getting from the Final Four to the to Augusta? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going with Nance. And they're like, they like they pause and like think I'm serious for a second. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but, but, right. but 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 it, it is funny to see the. Uh, to see the state, the stage manager uh, at the final four, and and Jim on Monday night, and then three days later, here I am at Butler Cabin, and they just, they kind of like give the like here we are again kind of deal. So he, he, he built that uh, relationship um, and just kind of the the, the the noticing of each other over the last, I guess, now it's oh gosh, four or five years that I've been with, with Dick at the final four. So it, it's been good.
1: Uh, Chris, I'll so, say real quick. I, I'm I hate you for that because that's just that's a dream. Man. we talked <laughs> about this yesterday, like our bucket list. And I was like, oh, the Final Four would be cool." The Masters, though, that's for me. And you get to do it in the same damn week, so that's that's awesome.
2: Jeez. Yeah, um, I, I can't so, complain.
3: I, I, I I'm usually I uh, I think this week I was home for one week, one weekend from uh, uh, the first week of March through. Uh, I forgot about the NFL draft as well. So like for for two and a half months, I think I was home, <laughs> home for the weekend. But you know what? I wouldn't miss anything.
0: Wow. So I, I think maybe like 10 years ago, talking about gambling on a program like College Game Day, it would have been considered taboo. What was that like when you got started? And could you sense that people still had to sort of get used to somebody talking about gambling on TV?
3: Yeah, I, I think at first, when when we started doing it, I, I guess we really started talking a little bit more about uh, the numbers and some of the trends and what things mean. It was probably around
2: 2012
3: or so. Uh, I, I think when I really started noticing my involvement in, in lines and picking games and such like that. And then when we finally went to the, bo- the board, we just needed to figure out a way to to, to like like take it like to the next step. But like we we were not like. Now, oh my goodness! There's gambling on college football, and gambling's illegal, and all of these. We know our audience. <laughs> we know why. We know why people are watching, and we just wanted to serve them as well as. I, I, he, here's a guy who who knows uh, the, the, the betting lingo, who, who knows how to present it in uh, an informative type of way. Whereas, I, I, if you wanted bet on the game. Fine, but if you're not betting on the game, here's a little nugget, a little piece of information that might cause you uh, to raise your eyebrows in terms of how well, say, Mark D'Antonio and Michigan State have done as an underdog, or uh, how well the SEC teams have done the uh, in their in their uh, November look-ahead type game against a, a MAC team or, or, or whatever else. It's just some, just some things, and I think we really uh, wound up hitting the sweet spot. And I think uh, as we move on each year now with more uh, states uh you know, legalizing it and it's become more commonplace uh, I, I still think we're at a point where uh, I, I need to and somebody even mentioned this to me when we had our uh, off-site meeting a couple of weeks back it, we need to find out the balance of just assuming that everybody knows what we're talking about with favorite underdog uh, cover or whatever terminology and then maybe adding a throwaway line as to kind of define in case you're not sure we know a lot of people aren't this means this but you don't you don't want to dumb it down all the way and insult the people who know exactly what you're talking about but at the same time you don't want it to go completely over everybody else's head
1: yeah that's that's fair Uh, so real quick when when I don't know if where you live or anything like that. Where was, when was the last time you were in Vegas? I mean, I mean,
3: I'm in Connecticut. Oh, I was in Vegas two weeks okay, ago. Okay,
1: okay, okay. So this is why I asked because I, I went out there for my bachelor party and I asked for one of my, my friends. I was like, "Like, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "I want to drink and gamble. Like, that's that's all I want to do." And like, all right, cool. So we went to, to the Westgate.
2: Weekend. Yeah, it was so?
1: a great weekend. We, we went to the Westgate Superbook, and that was like on my bucket list of places to go. And they're like, "Yeah, you just did missed, you, uh, you, uh, you know, super, bear wasn't it?" In- did you
3: sign up, up for the super contest but, yet?
1: I did not yet.
3: you guys, uh, yeah y yeah, yeah, I I I, I, I told Jay and John those guys I mean, they're super conscious that they have for the NFL is great. But I would love if they could ultimately uh, come up with one for college football. So sorry to sorry to interrupt your story and cut you off, but uh no, no, it's I figured fine. I would ask what was on my head. It was
1: just, it was the coolest place ever, and it was just like, for me, as, as somebody that loves gambling, and it was just like, you know, like 150 yards of TVs, and they, they said that you were there, like, the day before, and I was like, damn it. But so, my question yep. is this, because I see the tweets every Friday, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the bear or anything like that, I, I, I'm not even the cub, but I mean, like, I, I do, <laughs> I do a lot of this research, like, for SDS, and, and, like, describe what kind of research is going into this on a weekly basis,
3: but I, I and I usually what we'll do is you know, Monday and Tuesday I want to work from home, and we have a, a, a database going back. I would say oh, thirty, maybe thirty forty, probably forty years late seventies. I think we have seventy seven or seventy nine might be the, the cutoff. I'd have to check. Of basically every every boarded college football game with with a whole bunch of stuff that we can filter through. So I'll just I'll look at some numbers and look at some teams and look at some head coaches and 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 just kind of find some things that that I think are, are relevant or, or an angle whether it's hey don't necessarily run out and bet this game because uh, in the last ten games as, a, as an underdog Northwestern's nine and one against the number with seven outright wins but. And maybe add another layer about uh, the size of the underdog, or, uh, versus a specific team or a coach, because uh, we, we know in college football these teams turn over so quickly. Two or three years is the lifespan for these right. these, these 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 players. But a lot of times you can find a really good nugget uh, w- 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 with a head coach who maybe is taking it from multiple schools, like Mark D'Antonio has uh, in Cincinnati and out know, Michigan State. Uh, you just coaches that fit certain roles and in certain categories that might, um, that that might work well. So I, I, I won't, I will not necessarily try and like come up with like the ridiculous, oh, they're an 11 and four in the last 15 night games. and I, I'm looking for something right. like a, a specific, a specific like angle where you could say, Hey, you know what? If you look at David Cutcliffe and these toss up games where, uh, they're either favored by uh, a field goal or less or an underdog a three point or less, uh, they they're they're eleven and one in those last twelve games. So typically Duke is going to find a way to win those games. It, it might, it's something just to kind of kind of file away. You don't have to necessarily bet on a game because, like wow that's a really good note.
1: Okay.
0: Is there a, a call that you've made on game day that haunts you the most? Where you're like all right this this team's covering uh, lock of the week something like that? And it was just I mean absolute blowout. You took some heat for it.
3: Um. Oh uh, gosh, uh, numerous of them. I can't. What was what was one? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. A couple of years, a couple of years back, is this was a good one, and it actually went down as no action, so it didn't get counted as a loss. I, I had Cincinnati at home uh, catching like nineteen or twenty, whatever it was, uh, against UCF. I think it, it was, and uh, and the game actually got called after the third quarter because of. Uh, uh, weather and lightning in the area. The game, in the game didn't go the, uh, the appropriate amount of time that uh, it, it needed to. So that that was one that that came to mind. There, there, there have been a bunch. I've been on the uh, the, the wrong side of numbers. Like uh, the, the Florida Vandy game, uh, each of the last two. Oh years, yeah, where where, where, <laughs> where Vandy's had it covered both ways, and uh, yeah, the, the the fourth down. Okay, just like get a yard and go down. up. I'm going to run it to the end zone and get the back door or the. Uh, or the late the late field goal last year that was a good one. Uh, have a, have an Iowa State against Iowa uh, a couple of years back when Cyclones led the entire game and somehow Iowa uh, went like had like four touchdown drives of like eighty five yards or longer and wound up winning it in overtime. And I, I wanted to push it on three. Yeah, there 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 there's some bad ones. I'm sure I can even think of some more uh, from last year if I if I try. It. Oh, oh, there was yeah Utah San Jose State that was another one. Uh, early in the year, a couple of years back, where I think I, it was it was a it was a, uh, a Thursday or a Friday game for for Utah the week after playing someone and and, and they and they I think they, they they absolutely put a beat down on them and I thought it was a a spot where San Jose State might uh, be able to catch them nap and so yeah they, they, you hear you hear it from people well, that's fine but but at the same time you do hear. From people, when you pick Mississippi State to upset Texas A and M, and when you pick Clemson to win the national title, and they and they wind up winning okay. it by, by four touchdowns, so it's good. It works out well.
0: So, on the flip side of that, is is there a call that you've made on game day that you're the most proud of? Better not be Clemson. Yeah, I I I, I, I think,
3: I think uh, picking Clemson to win it to win outright uh, last year on on the year they wind up winning it was. We, we, it was great, that Mississippi State call over A&M. Uh, I remember when they, I think it was the first week of the college football rankings a couple of years back, and, oh, yeah. and A&M was, was in the top four, and uh, I picked Mississippi State to win that game. Uh, I, I picked Buffalo to win the MAC last year, and probably should have. Uh, they blew that big lead. Uh, I have to go back and look at some of the other uh, big upset calls. Uh, I, I had a, a couple of good like Kansas to snap that. What, whatever 30-game road losing streak or whatever it was that they had snapped last year, uh, going on the road and beating Central Michigan. I had Kansas in that game, Oh yeah, uh, which, which, I, which I was happy about. Um, I mean, let me try and jog the memory I, you crazy for that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was a funny one, too, with uh, the UCF-Memphis game last year where they're uh, – where I, I picked Memphis, and Memphis oh. obviously was it, during the regular season, and Kirk came over and, and gave me a hard time. You you can't do that. I'm not gonna let you do that. And uh, it was a little <laughs> bit tongue in cheek, but uh, Memphis right. was totally the right side in that game and, and, and should have won. Uh, let's see, uh, had Auburn Auburn, uh, Auburn plus the points against Florida State the year uh, the uh, national title game back in 2013, where. That came within seconds of pulling that big upset off. So, yeah, there, there, there have been some some underdog calls that I have uh, certainly been proud of. And, and I'm gonna have to go back and look at the board now and see from uh, and look at my, uh, <laughs> my, my 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 proudest moments on the board to uh, put me yeah. give myself a little pat on the back and put me put me in the right mindset headed into the season.
1: I like that. I mean, I'll say this, and, and we've brought this up on the podcast before, but, uh I'm a diehard Bama fan, and I also predicted Clemson to win the national title um, at the beginning of the year, halfway through the year, and before the national championship. And it's weird because the, the joy and elation I hear in your voice from predicting it is not the same when I when I talk about it. <laughs> um, but no, so so but you, you said this earlier. You said you said backdoor cover, and I got a little bit of chills just because, again, love love me some gambling. What's what's the worst beat that you can remember? For me, last year, like Bama, Arkansas. Arkansas covers late. Uh, they scored like a touchdown, I think, with like less than twenty-four seconds to go, or something crazy like that. What's the toughest beat uh, or worst beat you can remember in the last last year or two?
3: Well, I, I, I on the SVP Sports Center, the uh, the trilogy, uh, the, the trifecta that made the uh, that, that makes makes the open the Northwestern, Stanford, and Belk. I, I was on the wrong side of all three of those. I had UCLA oh. plus the points against Stanford, which they should have won the game outright. I had I, I had Duke in the Belk Bowl. Probably should have won the game outright. Lost, and I had Northwestern, who was never uh, not the right side in that game. So I, I was on the wrong side of all three of those. So uh, those certainly count. But I'm going to give you an obscure one. And, and being yes. a Bama guy, you'll probably you'll probably remember this. I had Kent State plus. It was probably uh, it was around four, whatever it was around it plus three, and a half Where you it was, it was 38 whatever it was that year and then when kent kent state scored that late touchdown and and for some reason, like the replay booth called down. Yeah, we want to review Kent State's touchdown here in the in in, in the thirty-eight with four with four with four minutes to go. Oh yeah, you know what? He was down. We're gonna pull. Who who is calling up to the replay booth? Or why is the replay booth even kicking a look at <laughs> me? That it game? was me. <laughs> yeah. So so, I, so I, I I I had Kent State plus the uh, points, thinking that Nick wasn't gonna lay it on his alma mater, and they really tried hard not to. And with a big SEC game the next the next week I'm like it's a perfect spot to to take a, yeah. to more than 38 points and uh I probably was right but that, that was a that was a, uh, a brutal beat as, as was the two games that I alluded to uh before that with the, with Florida vandy each of the last couple of years that's and, good. And vandy vandy was such the right side in both of those games and and and, that, and that's a uh, uh, way back in the pod, Chad Goldman and Steve and I used to joke about uh right, right side wrong result. And Chad's argument was, "No, the right side is the winning side." Well, I, I, I beg to differ. Uh, more often than not, as you guys know, <laughs> in, uh, in in this racket, the uh, the right side often does lose, and you got to be uh, it's better to be lucky than good.
0: Yeah. We we asked this question to everybody that we've had on from College Game Day, which now that I'm thinking about it is just been Herb Street. But I feel like we got to ask it to <laughs> only, you too. Only,
3: only Herb Street, only Herb Street.
0: <laughs> just him. Only Herb Street, no big yeah, yeah. deal. <laughs> right, sick brag. <laughs> right. Uh, your favorite Corso story?
3: Um, I I think it, it probably has to do with you know, the inception of my nickname. Uh, he, he's responsible for that. Uh, it, really. Yeah, it, we're we're going back to about and it never really came out on air uh, in, in, until a few years afterwards. But uh, Kirk and I were sitting, uh, I, I believe it was we were in Tempe, and I believe, I can't remember if it was uh, for the Arizona State USC game, but I think it was um, right around the time of the Ohio State Miami national title game. And Kirk and I were having having breakfast or brunch, and uh, as he may have told you, just observing us, we, we like to get after it. Uh, around around lunchtime, we kind of load up the table with uh, whatever appetizers or, or throw some pancakes or something in the middle. Or and uh, we're sitting there in the, in the restaurant and in cor- in right, right off the lobby and Corso comes stirring in and he's got a, his jacket on and his jeans and his tennis shoes. And he sees us and he has no shame. He's like, yo, Kirk Cur- Street, Chris Felica. And just I'm here. Say hello to me. And, uh, comes over to the table and he stops and he looks at me and he looks at the table and he looks at Kirk and then he looks at me again and he goes look at you Felica. You're just like a big bear. All you do is eat <laughs> sleep and and I let you finish off the third word. So that, 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 is, that, is, the, that is the inception of the nickname. So there you go.
1: That is good. That is good.
0: <laughs> Holy cow. Wait, so but, but, but th- I, th- I, I, what year was that?
3: that? That would have been, what, January 2003, I, I believe it would have been.
0: But just because yeah, it hadn't yeah. been, on, I'd been, been on air,
3: it really, really didn't come across. And then, obviously, the Carl Lewis one is probably the one that Kirk, Kirk gave you know, when he dropped the F-bomb on the air. I, I, I think we were all just, <laughs> like, like, shocked. when yeah, cause I, I remember we, Kirk and I, we had to go from Houston up to Eugene, Oregon, to uh, to do USC Oregon that night, and I'm kind of in like we knew it was going to be a long flight and it was going to be close, so, so I'm like packing my bag up, powering my computer down, making because it's literally like hey hey and I pick blah 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 and headset off, security out, boom get to the airport, so I have I'm listening to the end of the show just because I want to hear it and I'm packing my bag and I can hear Lee getting into his bit and then all of a sudden I hear that magic word and I like kind of look up and I kind of see Kirk and I'm like I'm mouthing, like, did he just say what I, and Kirk's like, I, <laughs> and, and, and it was, it, 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 we, we were done. So he, um, he's probably the only person in the world here that could, that, that could have gotten away with, with doing that in the, uh, in the, in, in the manner that he did. So he, he's, uh, we love him. He, he's authentic. I mean, no, nobody loves college football, uh, more than Lee Coast, of course. And I can't wait to get down to Orlando this week. And, uh, and give him a good little, good little ribbing, and get him ready. And see, we we have a little, uh, a little running gag with with each other every week, uh, when we see each other at the Friday morning meeting. He'll come over and give me like the the, the wink of like, who
2: do,
3: who, who do you got? Like I like basically who's my best pick this week, and, uh, and I'll usually give him some ridiculous like eastern michigan or some ridiculous team from off of the he's a guy for the friends of the country club so yeah so that that, that, (laughs) we have we have a good little running a good little running joke uh, with with stuff like that so it'll be be good to see this week
0: gosh that's fantastic um so what's the the Vegas trap that too many college football bettors have fallen into this offseason and please say that it's early betting on the heisman
3: uh, yeah, I'm betting on Jalen Hurts to win the Heisman. He's wanting to even, even be more ooh, ooh. okay. Like, why, Love why, it. Why, why do you think that? I don't think that this is a, a lock to go, like, unbelievably no. well. I mean, he's it's not, not the thrower that that Baker and Kyler were. Exactly. Uh, he had, was afforded a luxury at, at Alabama with the defense where the defense was going to win the game. He'd have to score every drive. They're to score every drive now in the Big 12. So I, I, I think yeah. I, I think the Heisman betting is, is one, and I think reading a little bit maybe into uh, what happened in the bowl season as a dictator to, for for team success this year, and I specifically uh, point to Texas and, and Florida, uh, the, the two teams. Look, I, I know people don't want to hear it, and about the, the the game not mattering to certain teams, but try to put yourself in michigan shoes last year you're favored in columbus we're going to break the streak uh, we're, we're, we're going to the big 10 championship game or we're going to the, the, the playoff finally uh, this is our year and you get absolutely ambushed uh oh, wow. in, in ohio in ohio stadium so now you're not even going to the big 10 championship you're not going to the playoff now you're going to the, the, the chick-fil-a peach ball to play a florida team for the third time in two years and okay, I'm good, I'm good, yeah, I'm good, I'm sitting, Devin Bush, I'm good, I'm sitting, I'm good, I'm sitting. And, you know, Michigan's not even playing, their best players, and just the emotional, like, do we really have to play this game type of deal, and like, give Florida credit for coming out and doing it. Uh, they absolutely took advantage of the opportunity to play great, and the game obviously meant a whole lot more to Dan Mullen and the Gators than it did uh, to Michigan. And the same thing with Texas, Georgia, you huh? We got Alabama beat. We got to beat. We got him beat. I just see you. We, we avenge them' to You blow the lead late in the SEC championship game. Uh, you, you're one of the best four teams in the country you still should be in the playoff, but you're not. Ooh. Now you're going to the Sugar Bowl, and you have to play Texas and, and DeAndre. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. And, and just knowing that you really should have been in the playoff, just the demoralized feeling that you have. I mean, talk to ask Gus Malzahn like. We'll Put some truth serum in him and ask him about his his yeah. thoughts on what happened a couple of years ago and if he thought his team was fully invested in playing UCF in that game. They 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 they, they worry. I mean, no one. They, you can't blame him. It's human nature. So I, I I'm a little. I'm not as high on Texas and Florida for, for that reason. I think they're a little uh, inflated in that regard. In in just in general for the season, I think uh, betting on these big TV games. Uh, early early on with these some of the big games of the year line, unless you're finding a real difference with some of your power ratings, I wouldn't go crazy and just the been, been need to, to to bet so many games. I got, like like all all people will ask for a for a, a game or two to bet, and I'll give them a couple, and they'll be like, well, well, what else? Well, you ask me what I like. Here are one or two or three things. The more games I give you, the more likely the record's going to fall back between closer to 500 than. Uh, than what it is now, but it's certainly um, you, you, the, the fewer games, the better, and the stronger plays, the better are, are what you're
2: looking for.
1: Disciplined gambling is not fun gambling, Chris, first off. Um, <laughs> no, and, and let me also say, I'm glad you brought that point up, because that's what I've been saying all offseason. Bama didn't want to be in that national championship game against Clemson. That's why we lost. That is why <laughs> um, they, they um, so I, I to want, I I to
3: want... Win right just, just didn't have to play. Yeah. Your favorite, you're supposed to win. Don't play it.
1: Exactly. Agreed. Um, so I, I want you to uh, to kind of I want you to play Vegas for a second. I want you to set the line for me on something here that we've we've talked to. We haven't talked to, to Nick about. We have talked to his daughter about it and some other people. But um, I want you to set the line on the over under on amount of years until Nick Saban retires and is on College Game Day. Um. How old is he now?
3: Sixty-eight. 68. What, what, what is it? Two and a half. How about that? I
1: don't like oh. that at all. Uh, I mean, just, I'll, I'll in the interview. 70, I don't like that. I'll
3: say 70 is the magic number.
1: Uh, uh, first I'll, off, 69 is the magic number. We all know that.
3: No, <laughs> uh, no I'm, I'm not going there.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, last question before we'll, we'll get you to family feud here to, to wrap things up. Is there a team in the SEC that you saw their regular season over under and, and you just pounced on it? You're like, all right, this is – This is too obvious one way or the other. Maybe we're too high on this team. Maybe we're too low on this. But uh, is is there a team in the SEC that just you you looked at those odds and you just couldn't help but want to go after some sort of action there?
3: Yeah, I think Florida under nine was the one that immediately stuck out to me. I I hit on some of the other reasons before. But I I think, look, I don't think they're going to go to Baton Rouge and win. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia in in Jacksonville. So right there, that puts 10-2 and as the max. Uh, are they going to win every other game on their schedule? Like, it's a neutral site game this week against Miami, uh, Auburn. Uh, they lost to Kentucky last year. They got to go to Lexington this year. South Carolina, wow. Vandy, and Missouri haven't been easy games for them the last couple of years. Who knows what this Florida State's going to look like by the end of the year? I, I kind of think they'll lose at least one of those games. So I kind of see nine and three as a ceiling for Florida, and, and-, and more than likely you-, you-, you could be looking at eight and four. I mean, I mean, look, this is the team last year. Look, I love Dan Mullen. And, and, and I, he did an unbelievable job last year getting fr- Franks to, to, to take a huge step forward. And they got skilled guys at receiver uh, and running back who can perform. But, but I do think that uh, they got some issues on the offensive line. Uh, they're going to have some holes to fill in the secondary. And just the way they capitalized in close games last year. And the, the way they, the, the turnover margin went their way, uh, I think some of those are due to regress a little bit. So uh, I, I, I could see nine and three, eight and four uh, as a regular season types, type type win to And uh, if they get ten to beat me, oh well, uh, congratulations, you, you, you did it, and I take my loss and move on. But that was uh, that was one that I thought was uh, a little high.
2: Well,
1: those are those are Chris's words because I know Chris. I'll just let you know that we've I've I've had a, a rough run in with with Florida Twitter recently, so I don't want you to get in trouble there. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, let's let's get you out of here on Family Feud. I did.
3: I did pick them to beat to beat Miami this week, so I'm not I'm not putting okay. my alma mater alumni sunglasses on here that Miami's going to win the game. I, I think they do think Florida will win the game, and not to say nine and three is a terrible year. Oh, you're going to go nine and three, and you're going to lose to you're going to lose to LSU and Georgia away from home, and and you're going to trip up against Auburn, who's a top ten team. I, 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 nothing embarrassing about that.
1: No, not at all, not at all. Um... Yeah, I, I agree with most of that. I, I wish that we would have had you on before we picked these yesterday. Connor, we should have thought about this. Um, okay, so let's, let's get you out of here on Family Feud. This is a game we play. It's, it's just it's not really like Family Feud. It's way more fun, and you can win way more money. Also a lie. But we are just going to do some rapid-fire questions. Uh, are you ready to go? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Your first question. Let's put two minutes on the imaginary clock. First question, here we go. If you were a character on The Office, who would you be?
3: I am embarrassed to say I have never watched an episode of The Office.
0: Oh, my oh, Chris, gosh. That is, oh, that yeah. is, that's, that's, that's man. Yeah. How do I trust I, I, you now? I, I How do I trust you?
3: I know. I, 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 I am, I am, I, I feel awful. Awful for yeah. shows you what type of life, show what type of life I have during the year when I have no time <laughs> to, to, to watch television. So I think well, my 20, 30. I'm sure you'll have some downtime this fall. Okay, I, I, I will try. I, I couldn't even yeah, okay. Google fast enough to even like fake my way through. <laughs> I appreciate the, the effort either way. Okay,
1: second question: favorite sports book in Vegas? Westgate. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, what is your favorite college game day atmosphere overall in the country? Oregon. Oh, I thought we were watching it. My fiance is an Oregon State grad. She's not going to like that, so it, babe. <laughs> um, fourth question, what's your favorite atmosphere from the SEC?
3: LSU.
1: Okay. I like that. I like that. Uh, Give me a bucket list concert that you would like to go to.
3: Metallica, one last time.
1: Oh, yeah. They're they're a fantastic concert. Um, Give me your week one, not week zero, your week one lock.
3: Nevada plus 10 at home against Purdue.
1: Love it. Love it. Yeah. Anytime you get a big 10 team on the road, I like that. That's a good point. Right, Connor? Um, hey, I'm, okay. I'm not saying
0: anything to that. Purdue, Purdue. I, I, Malik Henry's not starting for Nevada. Purdue all of a sudden has a much better chance to win that game. Just saying. It's,
1: it's fair. Okay. Uh, I need you to settle a very specific bet here on this show now. I'm a Bama fan. Fiance, like I said, Oregon State fan. Doesn't know who we're pulling for. For Oregon, Auburn, give me what team is going to cover the spread. Who am I betting on, so who am I pulling for?
3: I'll take Oregon plus the points. Ooh,
1: okay, okay. Mm-hmm. She's not going to like that. Yeah, I cool. think it's I like plus that. three, plus three. Yeah, yeah. We just need to make some money. I like that. Okay, last question. Last question. You kind of alluded to it earlier. Give me your best bet from Florida and Miami, week week zero.
3: Well, the best bet would have been under 50 at the start, but it's come down yeah. some. Uh, I would uh I still, you can still, if you can find seven and a half, I half, I'd take Miami plus seven and a half, and uh, I, I can see this being like a uh, a twenty three seventeen type game, Florida away. Right. Or, oh, or, or you could just or you can just play Florida money I,
1: I don't mind That's that either. Last last question here, and and this is where I get myself into trouble because I I know I know Vegas is tricking me, and I know I fall for it every time. Talk me out of teasing Florida down to a half point and then the under at fifty three or fifty
3: four. Because you never do know if Miami happens to uh, just get a little bit better quarterback play with Jaron Williams, and uh, the, their offensive line comes together a little bit quicker. They got a bunch of skill guys, and they could potentially stretch a thin uh, Florida secondary. And then the the, the total of fifty three fifty four. You never know when the old, the old Mister Non Offensive Touchdown is going to come into play. And, and I think with two teams that uh, have had turnover issues in the past uh, and good good return men, you, you you might get something like that late to, to get the uh, to get the old bad beat at the end. So uh, the, the, the non offensive touchdown would be the uh, my my biggest concern with the uh, with going under in this game.
2: That's All right, cool.
1: I like that. Let me let me add this up real quick. You, I mean, not watching The Office cost you a lot. I appreciate the gambling advice. And, you oh, you yeah, got a great yeah, total say, of sixty-eight points. It's not bad. It's not bad.
3: Oh, yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say I probably get negative points for that. I, <laughs> you know, there's so many shows like I, I mean, it's not just The Office like 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 Mad Men, uh, the, the Wire. Like, uh, there's so many shows out there that I have caught like so few episodes of, and, um, and I mean, I need I need to do a little little catch up during the. Uh, during the off season next year, and, and catch up on all these uh, these, these great shows. It, it's it's. I'm more of like like, like an HGTV like travel channel. Yeah. Like I, 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 try and I, I, I like, like when we move, what do we want in our new house, or where do we want our next vacation to be? I'm, I'm kind of yeah, looking like at a, a lot of things like that.
1: Fair enough. That was good. That was good. I uh, you, could, we you, appreciate you could coming on.
3: You could, you could ask me a John Oliver question. I would have been all over that. Oh, I mean, okay, yeah. That.
2: John <laughs> Oliver and
1: Chip and Joe. We got that next time.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, we, we do appreciate you coming on. No, it's a very busy week for you. We are so, so excited for College Game Day this Whew. week. It goosebumps just thinking about it. Cannot wait. Uh, hope you enjoy your time in Orlando, my wonderful city. Um, hope that you uh, have a fantastic season with College Game Day. We're going to have to do this again real, real soon.
3: Absolutely. appreciate you guys having me on and uh, certainly uh, enjoy the again this week and uh, kind of a little bit of an appetizer for, uh, for next week when we really get going uh, uh, in, in full force. So uh, great talking to you and have a great season.
0: Thanks. For you appreciate it. You too. Appreciate the bear for coming on. There's a little bit of a di- discrepancy. I wish he saying not, it too. And whether or not he was the bear or just bear. And he's called both, actually, if we're, if we're being honest. he's I, I see both names get thrown a lot, around a lot with him. Um, so we were kind yeah. of. And if and you're tonight. a Bama fan or a, a
1: traditional fan of the SEC, I'd like you to weigh in on this as well later. And you tell me if you Fair think enough. it's okay that Connor
0: keeps calling him the bear. Yeah, I mean it's it's a different context. Totally, if we're calling a coach the bear, then yeah, that's not the best look. But we're talking yeah. to somebody who's you know obviously got different responsibilities. Yeah, am I called the cub now? Can we call me the cub? The cub? Why are you called the cub? Because he's the bear and I'm I'm the
1: cub. I'm, I'm cub. He's bear. But don't you- he's the whole thing? All right, we don't talk very okay. okay. much. All right, yeah. tell us about Texas Pete, would you? Guys, so as a lot of you know, it is now officially. I think I would say this is in season, right? Oh, we're in season. We've yeah, been in season since
0: media days, man.
1: Yeah. And I would say that I've been in mid-season form for quite some time, and that's not just with my hot-ass takes or, I don't know, my great my great off-season workout regimen, but it's also with my hot, hot heat that I'm bringing in the kitchen with Texas Pete. Now, my diet is something I don't joke around about, Connor. You know that? You know that. So before we got on here this, on, on air today, I did what I normally do. I turned on ACDC Thunderstroke up to 11. And I went down to Publix, and I got myself a new bottle of Texas Pete, fresh for the season. It'll be gone within a week and a half, Tops. Um, And I poured it all over some chicken to get that protein in. And guys, again, you can put it on anything. It's game day this weekend, though, so it's time to take it up a notch, not just on the field, but also off the field at your tailgate. So make sure you head over to TexasPete.com. Make sure you check out all these different recipes that we have at TexasPete.com slash tailgate. They've got great stuff, breakfast, lunch, dinner, what have you. There are no bad beats this year. You're not getting beat when you got Texas Pete. Am I right? Oh, you got rhymes today. Very always, good. always. Pun game's always strong. Let's get into a little fourth and wrong. Also rhymes with strong. Let's do it. So What a perfect
0: first question, too.
1: I know. Um, there's a reason I brought this up. We have fourth and wrong each and every week we ask you guys to send us your questions or advice you want answered, non-football related, of course, and then me and Connor will tell you in a very, well, me in a long-winded way. What we think about your questions. Um, <laughs> these are still from last week. We had yeah, so many that's okay. Last They're week. leftovers. Yeah. Um, speaking of leftovers, our first question from Zachary Martin. He says, blue cheese or ranch for dipping boneless
0: wings? Those are called chicken tenders, but go ahead. For boneless, for bone-in, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's ranch. It's ranch all day. Blue cheese, don't get me wrong, like, in a pinch, I'll eat blue cheese, but... When the problem with blue cheese is that there's always ranch available, and ranch is just better. It's not even like an opinion. That's just a statement of fact. I'll say this
1: right now, okay? And, and this is—I know we've gained a lot of new listeners, and we've gained a, a lot of new followers in the podcast group. And I don't want to—I don't want to ruin that, okay? Then, and, and you guys know I'm pretty southern.
0: You don't like ranch, part. do you?
1: I hate ranch. Ranch really? is disgusting. Ranch is for people that don't know. Like, what condiments are, in my okay, opinion. Okay, no, that's it's, not Ranches is, Ranch is trash. and, no, and I mayo hate, is trash. Mayo is also trash. And I, so I hate, I hate this, <laughs> I hate almost all white condiments. Racist. I hate, <laughs> not all condiments matter, okay? I'll just say that. And I hate, I hate I hate ranch. Blue cheese, also not a fan of, but I'll take a little blue cheese crumbles because I have a refined palate and I'm fancy, mm. obviously. I just I've never liked ranch, and I've, if you put ranch on fries, more power to you and your metabolism. But I can't do it. It's just nah, it's, give me barbecue sauce on fries. That's also stupid. But um, no, it's if not. You, if you Later. like, just I, I, I hate when I see because I've been to enough of my family reunions in Anson, Alabama, where it's like, who's bringing food this year? And it's like, well, we went to K. It's, it looks like the the spread at Ricky Bobby's dinner it's just like everyone just brought fast food and people just dipping pizza and ranch it's like kid. yeah that's okay. out people, of here.
0: people use it too much and I'll be honest like back in back in a little bit my heavier days I used to use it a little bit too much but yeah I will say when you were if fat I'm- yeah, like I was I, I was like a doughy one ninety one, one ninety two so back. Stupid. In the day. I hate when you do this. <laughs> um, well I'm also five eight, so it's a little yeah. bit different. Okay. Um but yeah, I, I I will say that people people do overuse ranch, but it, it is a very solid condiment and I am using that on boneless wings every single time. Yeah. Or I'll never, regular I'll never forget ranch. going to
1: Yeah, it's like so what I'll do if I, and this is this sounds dumb, but like what I'll do if I get if I order wings somewhere and they're like, We want ranch or blue cheese, like I'll be very prissy about it and, and cause a scene i be like, I'll, I, I want neither. No, I'm kidding. But I'll, I'll like, I'll do neither. Do extra sauce on the side and extra celery, and dip the celery in the sauce. I don't. Oh,
0: like that, yeah. what extra celery? What? Who Get doesn't out of like, here. Celery's awesome. Oh my gosh, it's not even a food. So calories is. Let's fantastic. move on. Okay. All right. So,
1: second question from Nathan Schustick. I graduated from the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. I just had to take my daughter on college tours to Ole Miss, Mississippi State. University of Arizona and Texas Tech. That is I told all her other I re- place if, dude, I cannot imagine if my daughter's like, "I want to go check out Texas Tech." But like you know what? I'll take you out to an abandoned pasture somewhere in the middle of Covington, Georgia. It's going to look just like Lubbock, Texas. Anyway, Nathan, uh, he said, I told her I refused to take her to Auburn. What college would you prohibit your kid from going to?"
0: Okay, so let me just preface this by saying, I have nothing against the football program, the athletics, whatever. This is going to be good. But I have had a, a personal vendetta against the University of Illinois and their admission standards. Um, let's just say okay. my high school my high school girlfriend got into the school with the same exact grades and less extracurriculars than I had, but she was undeclared and I wanted to get into the journalism school. And I may or may not have gotten waitlisted and then denied ultimately. And let's just say... Illinois. Does anybody even go to Illinois? Oh, yeah, yeah. Illinois is, Illinois is very prissy about it, too. Okay. They're very yeah. obsessed with their quotas. It's it's a good academic school. It's not as good as it thinks it is. It's really right. not. Let them know. And right. I've yeah, and I've always been very frustrated that they've been very upset. They've been very obsessed with their quotas. We'll we'll just say that as somebody who is um, a, a white male in state, wow, Connor, I did not feel the love from affirmative action on this. I did not podcast. feel the love from the <laughs> University of Illinois. They're they're not quiet about that either. Like you can go like look up University of Illinois admission quotas, and it's it's insane. Like they're a very diverse campus. Like don't get me wrong, no doubt about it, but. As a, as an in-state male, like I just sorry, I just I, I was I felt like I was up against it trying to get in there.
1: Man, I mean, you know that's something we don't talk about enough is how difficult it is for white males. white men. In, I know, in right?
0: The world. <laughs> we live a rough life. <laughs> that's obviously a joke, guys.
1: I hope everyone realized that. So here's this is why I brought up this question. First off, Nathan, I don't know you personally, and I don't want I don't want to say this in a negative way, but don't let your daughter go to Arizona. That it, that seems. I, I've seen I've seen the old row and the barstool stuff from out there. It seems like a big party school. Don't let her go there. Yeah, I've seen Gronk went there. Like we're looking out for you. We love Coach Stoops. We know he was out there before, but Senator Starkville. That's what I would say. Senator Starkville, and and that's that's all I would I would say. Um, so he he said he, these are the places he's gone to. I mean, Ole Miss is such a beautiful campus. That's hard not to not to like. I mean, and I don't know I don't know what state y'all are in. When it says what college would you prohibit your kid go- from going to? Now I know you guys think that like I am a super diehard band fan and I am, and I don't have any kids yet. But I remember like when I started like getting recruited for baseball. I remember I got my my junior year I got a my first letter from Auburn. And I remember my dad saying to me, he said, your "If first. you go, if you go, well, yeah, I had multiple, but he's like, if you go to Auburn, you're gonna have you're you're paying for that on your own. And and if as you know about baseball, you get 11.7 total scholarships. So unless you're like a lefty pitcher or like a righty throwing 90 or whatever like you're not getting a whole lot of money and uh as a white male and um
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, that, okay that'll be the last thing we say that was
1: totally a joke guys no but like and honestly what it is is like you know i was a six foot first baseman so it wasn't like i was getting i wasn't going to be getting a full ride or anything like that and I remember him saying you have to pay for it yourself in this same age with how expensive college is i'm not telling my kid not to go in like that he can't go anywhere or she can't go anywhere like I just, if, if, especially if you're getting money from somewhere, college is such like. Especially in my family, like I, I was the first to technically graduate from my like from college on my dad's side at least. Sick I, brag again. Yeah, like I just, you know, go out there and achieve, and and let them let them find their own way and, and all that kind of stuff.
0: I, I I wouldn't I
1: wouldn't turn down any place.
0: Okay, That's fair that. enough. It, and yeah. I said I say this is only if I'm paying out tuition too. Out tuition, yeah, yeah. at, like i'd say tuition in a place like illinois is ridiculous not worth it oh, in my opinion
1: oh y- yeah if it's out of if it's out of state you're gonna help f- i i paid my way through school my mom did the same thing and as i'm saying that i just realized that's only on my dad's so my mom definitely graduated from college in three years while working yeah. 40 hours a week at a marshall so that stat that i gave you was wrong um you're gonna help pay for it but like yeah i'm not gonna
0: be like you can't go here for any reason you know if you want to work for yeah. it, you can definitely go and I say that as somebody who went to an out-of-state school, and I'm still paying off student loans. So, For yeah, real, I fun. want
1: a, I want a damn game show, and I'm still paying off student loans, so there's Jeez. that. Um, if
2: SCS,
1: <laughs> Moving on to question three. If SDS suddenly saw the value of and worth of your podcast and agreed to add to the staff, what one person would you ask to join the team on a full-time basis? When I Whoa. reread it, it sounded almost derogatory, but... But well, <laughs> let, okay, let the
0: record show that our bosses absolutely see the value and yeah. worth of our podcast and what they do. They've been yeah. super, super supportive. We're, we're, we're going on some trips this fall. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have announcements yeah. coming up very, very soon. Well, they we're going to make one at the end of this, too. They absolutely see the see the, the worth yeah. and the potential of it. That, let, let that show. I don't think um, I read that question correctly the first time, <laughs> the first time through. I was surprised I when I saw that. End. I was like, whoa. Well, yeah, uh, that was aggressive. It's from no, Jay
1: Woody. But basically, who would you add on to a full time
0: if we could? Oh, I think this is obvious. I would just have like you know if, uh, our, our producer Will, who yeah. does great work for us. He's not actually full time with us. He used to be full time with us, but he's doing. Uh, he's got another full time job now, and then he does this on the side for us, and he does a great yeah. job. Don't get me wrong, but just having having a full time producer and then somebody who would book guests and stuff would be really cool. Like we book all of our guests between the the two of us. Yeah. Okay. The majority of them end up falling to me, but like, you know, just having somebody that would be doing that round the clock would be, would be great. But at the same time, like our setup still works really well for our, for our limitations, which is we are in different places. We are in different States when we record this.
1: Yeah. So I would, I I would say, will to be honest, I would just say, will. yeah. Um, like a yeah, producer full time or whatever That's That'd what I great. meant by the way Yeah, when I say full time. it, um, it would studio. just be Will. He, he just does so much and then I I really don't think he even under, I, well I think he does understand a little bit like how how impactful and helpful is the 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 podcast is but like I mean y'all know me like I'm I'm not you know it's not me that's that's organizing everything and staying on top of all this crap like I can't even remember to ask the fourth and wrong questions. That's like my the highest responsibility I have. So yeah, it would, it would definitely be Will. Um So there there you go. There's that. So, number four, this is from West Madeira. She said, my mother-in-law is moving the weekend of Georgia-Notre-Dame and asked for my help. What do I do? You've got two options here.
0: One, is, is it weird to be moving somebody in at night? That seems that seems strange. Like, it seems like I, your responsibilities to be done during the day. You don't move somebody <sighs> in at, like, 7, 8 o'clock at night, I would think. Um, but you've got options. You've got options. This is a good thing. So, you could do just put the phone put the phone away completely you can even delete Twitter delete the scores apps off your phones this is a put stupid out put option. out something on social media and say hey I'm gonna be away from my TV I don't want to know don't text me any scores of the game ball. Blah, blah, you know blah. how
1: nice people on social media are they'll abide by that <laughs>
0: yeah that that's one option the other option is just to simply say look I'm, I'm not gonna watch this game but you can record it and if it ends up being a Georgia win then you could watch it stress-free on your DVR and you can relive all the great moments knowing, not having that little doubt in the back of your mind that they're going to lose this game and you already know that they're going to win and then if they lose, you don't have to watch a second of it and you're free of, of, three hours of three and a half hours of torture.
1: So here's the thing. And a lot of you already know where I'm leaning on this. And this is something I've said in relationships. I've said it to my mom and other people. Um, I'm, not, I'm not ruling divorce out here. I'll throw that out there, first and foremost. Jeez. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but like Margaret, Margaret, my, my fiancé's mother, she wouldn't ask me to do this on a Saturday. And and if she did, sure, I might help early on in the day before games start. Because this, this is, here's the thing, and I don't care how this sounds, guys. We get, we get, if you are lucky enough to go to an SEC championship game, you get 14 of these Saturdays a year. There are 52 weeks in the year. You get 14 Saturdays in a year these are my saturdays this is my favorite thing in the world you do not get to impede and interrupt any of it but here's the thing nope no here's nope. the thing
0: it's different for you because this is your job now our our no, man no, no, no. west here is, yeah our man Wes here is not doing this as a job. This is his entertainment this is, a, this is an attitude I've had
1: before. No, I, I got the
0: job. I'm not saying I, I disagree yeah. with you. I'm saying from a relatability standpoint, he's in a different position. If you say yeah. that to your mother-in-law, it's defined as work, and you know you could easily spin that off as like, "Oh, I've got to work. I can't help you move in on a Saturday night, whatever this is." But for him. He's he's doing this in, in a completely different circumstance. So what's what's the situation that you would do to try and help him out from, so from what he So In nineteen
1: ninety-seven we we moved me, my dad, my grandpa, and my stepmom moved into a house the day of the first game of the year. And this is before game day got to be three hours and all like that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. We got up at seven o'clock in the morning, loaded everything into the in the truck that was already I think it might have been already loaded in the night before, and we moved in, and once it was twelve o'clock and game time, we all sat our Ourselves down on the on the couch, watch the game for like three it. and a half hours, and then and then did the rest later while we had to hook the TV. But like, again, like I, I'm not saying fight with your mother in law, but this is if you're moving, I don't know what your mother in law's schedule is either for work. But like, I guarantee you, there are other days this could happen. It could be on Sunday. It could be on on Saturday morning. It could, be, it could during be the Friday day. night. Yeah, it, exactly. Like there are times when this could be happening where it's not between. The biggest game that has come to Athens, Georgia in my entire lifetime. And I'm not even a Georgia fan. So, Wes,
0: say it with your chest, my man. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be helping out during the game. All right. Fair enough. Best of luck, Wes. Let us know how that turns out, by the way. And if there's anything that we can do, write you a little doctor's note. Whatever we can do, we will make it happen. Yeah. All right. Speaking of that, it might mean too much. <laughs> um... <laughs> it just means divorce. <laughs> So uh, USA Today, who does just such great work with all the financials that go into college football. They, they do the coach salary database, the assistant coach salary database, and all those great things. They uh, broke down the Power 5 public school recruiting spending per year. And believe it or not, the SEC leads the way with what? a <laughs> $1.3 million average. Uh, nobody else, uh, no other conference averages a million. That's not the crazy noteworthy thing. Georgia, y'all are the noteworthy thing. From 2016 to 2018, which is basically Kirby's start at at Georgia, Georgia has spent more than $7 million on recruiting. That is $1.5 million more than the next closest team, which is Alabama at $5.56 million. UGA's recruiting budget in the last five years, according to this USA Today story, has quadrupled. Quadrupled. Because they cheating. I'm kidding, guys. I'm sure no comments on that story said that at all. I'm sure they were very. Oh, yeah, I like, you oh, what great the comments made. <laughs> Florida fans, man, y'all. I know y'all are all over that one. I'm sure. I'm sure. But th- that, to me is like, okay, we-, we make the jokes all the time. We make the jokes around around signing day, and like, oh, Georgia's you know going above and beyond for this. Holy cow! Yeah. Seven million bucks in a three-year oh, span. Harry there. Holy cow! Hey. Oh hey. Yeah. Uh, no! We'll stop that. But seriously, like when you see those numbers laid out, yeah. you're just like, man, it. I mean, <laughs> that, that is an absurd amount. And just, just to think about, you know, go back to where we were five years ago with Georgia and thinking that Georgia is a premier program in the country and looking at the recruiting budget and what Mark Rick does, even, you know, they obviously were bringing in a ton of talent then. And then to think that budget has quadrupled. Isn't it fun to
1: sit there and, and not have to say about your program anymore that your coach is a nice guy? that You're actually Man. winning games, it, it, but like no, it, it is it is really cool. Like that's that is that's crazy how, it, and it's obvious it's obvious that it worked.
0: It's I mean it's working. It's, it's working. Who's so. nobody's arguing with that. So, um, all right, we've got four five star reviews to get to. Four yeah. of them. Count them. One um, of this us first has one. to go to number one very badly. So let's get through these. One of us has to p word. Uh, <laughs> this first one is from uh nets loc 92 netlock yeah. maybe uh subject georgia fan keep it up y'all good show go dogs all right thank you very much S- sweet and straight to the point i like that <laughs> this one's uh, from d rich
1: 3012 um two for president i don't okay um it says can truly say that this podcast is one of the top sec Football podcast out there isn't bogged down with typical biased takes geared toward top teams that would lure bigger audiences. They, they truly go out of their way to give us an in-depth look at the conference as a whole and shed light on every single team, while also throwing in a great chemistry that leads to satisfying comedy slash entertainment. Chris has always been amazing, throwing in a good laugh consistently, and Connor is always there to keep the episode from falling off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Chris constantly, constantly amazes me with his photographic memory of the SEC, his football history, and Connor is one of the the college football analysts. Is one of the college analysts out there? I think he meant top.
0: I'll, either you never, way, I'll. You take never it. know. Yeah, either way,
1: either way, either way, it's true. Um, I patiently wait for each episode to drop every single week. You guys genuinely do an awesome job of preparing well for each episode. I wish you guys get more I wish you guys got more notoriety for your efforts. Sorry for the length, but you guys truly are excellent at what you do. Can't wait to enjoy another college ball season with you guys at the helm, roll tide. That was awesome. Thank you.
0: D Rich 3012. I love
1: it. I you know when he said the whole thing about the comedy and then the photographic memory, I knew something was coming that was going to kind of compliment you and I had a
0: feeling it was going to be from the falling off the rails comment. That was good. That was really good. Lovely. Uh, this one from War Gograw. All right, uh, I'm probably saying that wrong. That's probably meant to be said as one word. That's all right. War Gras? I don't know. Uh, oh, subject hilarious. Chris has clearly put okay. This is this is going to go after. This is going to bring you back down to earth a little bit. I it's fun, really. I don't care. All right. So this says uh, Chris has clearly put absolutely zero time into researching the calls in the LSU A and game, <laughs> even after being previously corrected by a fellow five star reviewer for his ignorant take. The Fair. game was the game was not stolen. In air quotes from LSU. All of the controversial calls that went that went AM's way were correct, as admitted even by The Advocate, which is a newspaper since Chris has probably never read that.
2: <laughs> That's isn't,
0: good. Isn't this canceled out by the fact that they should have won the Auburn game anyway? Also is, true. Mississippi also true. State was close too. And if you dismiss teams that win close games against average teams, why exactly are you so high on Texas who struggled against Kansas and Texas Tech? Do your homework next time, Chris. I don't have any social media, otherwise this rant would go there. Otherwise, great podcast. I, you know, <laughs>
1: one, I want to say thanks for leaving the five star review, and I'll do a better job. This has been brought up before, oh, like I, you know, I I didn't get to watch that A and M LSU game in live. I had to go back and rewatch the five hour <laughs> melee. But no, you're you're not wrong. In a lot of stuff you said. I, I'm not big on Texas this year, but other than that, great. That's good stuff. That oh, was, cool. I mean, that, okay. and I appreciate it. Yeah, okay, I I appreciate it. that was good stuff. Um, the newspaper thing was the best. That, that was, was really great. good since I've never read that. one. Um, I read the comics. Uh, Bama fan J R K, the best podcast, recipe content. Can't wait to see what this season brings. Um, Chris seems like he is very nope. well read nope. on the most top <laughs> newspapers in the world. And I would love to read more of his insight. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's all your words. Um, <laughs> no, that, it, it, was, it was that was that was good. Thank that you was,
0: <laughs> for every. We've got we've got a lot of good five star reviews in the last okay. last few weeks. And uh,
1: by the way, war war what Gugra? was his name? War gara. Listen, I really do appreciate you call me out because I, I need to be called out every now and then. and You're not wrong again for what you're saying. So here's what I want you to do. I know you don't have social media. I want you to DM or, or email me is probably the way to put it. C- Send you a letter. Send me a letter in the mail. C-Marler. M-A-R-L-E-R C Marlar at SaturdayDownSouth.com. Email me as soon as you hear this episode. I will send you out an STS podcast gift bag uh, and an AM sticker uh, for your for your five survey. I appreciate that, ma'am. I, I hope you,
0: you just gave everybody your email and now everybody's gonna email oh, you yeah <laughs> that's okay uh make sure if you have not already join join i'm just speaking
1: to you right now
0: join our facebook group which is growing by the day some great discussion topics that have been thrown out on there Uh, some just awesome fourth and wrong questions that we've been getting consistently from that as well um make sure you are watching marler on facebook live monday or and or wednesday nights uh that is the tentative plan We are going to have coverage from Orlando. um, The the game this weekend, we're going to have... I'm going to be there. C. Wright's going to be there. Neil Blackman's going to be there as well. We are going to be recording a podcast on Sunday to recap all the action from Orlando, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Make sure that you are following us on Instagram for all of our great Great content that Marler turns out Saturday Down South on Instagram. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter, at the Pod, at Vern Funquist. There it is. At CJ O'Gara as well. Coach show you got, what, nine days here? You're right now. Kyle, Kyle. Let me stop talking right now.
1: Let me tell you something. I was a little bit disappointed. You you? won't have me on the show.
0: We'll get you on soon, Coach. Don't worry.
1: It, it don't mean anything.
0: Don't. talk to you guys this weekend enjoy game week